press go live, sorry. <laughs> Do we start? <laughs> well, let's just go with it. We'll go into the intro. They'll love this. Was that your, prem- was that your premature ejaculation voice? <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Uh, hello. I'm Sorry. The grapple next safe as JP does his best to, uh, to derail things here on Grapple Patreon slash the Grapple YouTube. So, great week to uh, have a hot start um, out there publicly. I'm Venom. I'm JP. I'm Gareth. And I'm Matty. And yeah, we're here for, uh, for Mixtape Matt. Gareth is from like a secret location here for, uh, for video <laughs> yeah. viewers. Uh, anyone listening <laughs> on the audio, go to the Grapple YouTube. You can watch the uh, the video version of this. We can put the, the video up for our, uh, our live tier patrons and above for uh, every big show we do. Where are you, Gareth? What's going on? He's in hiding. I'm in the box. I'm in the box room. I was like, if we're if we're recording in the afternoon, I just need to just get myself away from the rest of the house. Well away. Because after after the other day, other day when like, you know, Sarah was wanting to cook stuff and things like that mm-hmm. when we record the other day. Sadie's got a mate staying over. Alex has gone the match, so we'll be coming back in. I was thinking, I just need to just just hide away, just tunnel away here. And this <laughs> is uh this is next to uh this is next to our bed. I'd probably record in here all the time, but I just know Sarah will be in bed and giving us grief because our bedroom's right next door to here. So probably in the uh <laughs> probably me laughing my head off at one a.m. in the morning's probably not uh probably not going to be the best for uh, <laughs> for my marriage. <laughs> Keen, your listeners might have heard JP's uh, daily update this week. Oh, mate, be the best ever. Any, uh, any comments, oh, the, the snooker commentary daily update, possibly with uh, somebody snoring in the, yeah. in the background. Yeah, that's not the first time that's happened. And there's a part of me goes, no, this is the real podcasting experience. I need to do this. I need to wait later on in the day because there's not much news and I'm waiting for ratings around 9pm UK time. Mm. And then at that point, I, you, could, <laughs> you could hear the snoring and they were like, is the dog snoring? The dog was snoring as well, but she was snoring much, much more. So yes, uh, at that point it's like, oh, God. and it's and it's like it's what was it around ten o'clock something like that. So it's like, oh, okay, I'll do that now. <laughs> do this quick update. But yeah, it went into proper snooker voice mode, and that's probably where I am today. But that's more just down to a not feeling JP, well. I was going to say, no, was your fr- on was early your f- progress shows. Go on, mate. Was your throat hurting the other day on them updates, JP? Because you were properly sound like you were dry as well, mate. You it sound is. Like- Let's get this <laughs> that point. <laughs> It was. It is that point. Honestly, I've been, I haven't used these many tissues since I was like 17 years old. It's it's at a point where it's just like constantly having a cold and cough for the last few days. Exactly, all professional, including me thinking, you know, going behind the curtains on here, you can press go live, and then it says, "Are you sure you want to press go live?" And I thought, "Well, yeah. I'll get ready because I was going to say there are several it. buttons." Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck that. It's fine. Go live now. We could have started again, but we don't. We don't do things uh, like that over here. For more on professional podcasting, Patreon.com/slash/grapple. I've got to note as well, Matty. I've got to say your background's starting to develop a little bit here. It's gone from just the box room where you uh, record. There's a few figures on the wall. Do you think well, we haven't noticed there, mate? From no, the podcasting, I, are you? No, 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 not yet. But what? What can you? I can't really see what's there, Ben. What? what Over your right shoulder, I can see Jay White. Um, and oh, so like uh, some other figures. Yeah, yeah. Well, Steph done it for me, to be honest. And there's a little plaque of Steve there, a signed plaque of Steve, if you haven't got on that there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's padding out, Ben, yeah. You know. If, if you notice <laughs> like behind it. Gareth, it really looks like he's got the, the girl with the long hair from the Ring series. <laughs> <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> like, 
Amazing. a dressing gown and towel combination. But to me, I was like, he wants to watch out there. That didn't tend to end well, if I remember rightly. Oh. Imagine if we're just talking and then you just suddenly see it start to turn. You just suddenly oh, start me. to see this face emerge over my right shoulder. Like, <laughs> if we Sarah coming at me to have a go at it, yeah. <laughs> the cop out in the room. Well, that's that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. She might be. I saw that the other day. She put on there after spotlights. The morning after, apparently your kettle broke and she was boiling hot water. I mean, I don't know what that. That feels like irony of ironies. Don't want to happen there. Could have had a nice pan of uh, of hot milk going at the same time. But, she uh, did. She did. Uh, it. Fucking hot did milk. Really? I, honestly, I came down and then there was like the, there was the pan there that. Uh, that you um, like left to go in the dishwasher and it, it had fucking hot milk in it. I was like, I can't believe this. This is like a wild <laughs> coincidence here. <laughs> it's caused mayhem, Ben. I want it. Your uh, hot milk yeah. stuff. It, it's caused proper chaos, Gareth. You know, we need to we, we need to oh, sort it's... it out, don't we? Yeah, oh, like, when, I, when I said when I said like said it in work, like I was like made it the uh, the, the topic of debate in the office like the, the the following day. But everyone was firmly in the. What the fuck? Never heard of that like campaign. Yeah. It was like the poor Eastern European lass in our office. She was the only <laughs> one who had got milk and she was just getting plenty of grief. I was like, oh, <laughs> poor, poor lass. <laughs> Thanks to this podcast, I've ended up with this uh, recent graduate uh, starting an hour now getting pelters for her hot milk. Exactly. <laughs> you had one disciple on Twitter, Benno, with the uh, milking first as well. And I, I was hoping you was getting, getting on, but you had one. That. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the thing. I'm still reeling from being called a coffee snob for not drinking gravy granules in my coffee <laughs> where it's usually like oh it's so oh the milk can't go last oh that's like a offense punishable by death you know what I mean I, I, I don't know I still think I'm right but I mean, you've got to be a libertarian about this stuff haven't you and sort of live and let live <laughs> I just wouldn't let you make me a cup of tea oh, I yeah, think that's definitely. probably where I would ultimately go I just go no I you're right mate several actually so, yeah. so now I know he's just being polite and just going, oh, yeah that's fine Oh, I don't Only know. in you at the time, though. If, exactly, JP. I would have definitely refused it. Made it myself. I've had a great couple of coffees in JP's. JP makes a yeah. mean cup of coffee. I'll put you over there, mate. Oh, I'll, I'll do nice. you right. I'll give you what you want. You know, If I make one for Steph, she does give me grief about which order the milk goes in. So, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll follow orders. I'll follow Gee. orders. I love it. Hey, you anyway, want the Irish thing with tea into the mix, and that's an unholy combination. <laughs> uh, that's... Oh yeah, there's some there's some random ones coming in, but keep sending your thoughts, and we will uh, talk it some more on the uh, the pre-show for uh, for Spotlight uh, this next week. And yeah, the pre-show for Spotlight next week will also uh, on patreoncom Scrabble. It will be where JP reveals as he uh, we spun the wheel and made the deal. JP is first up, so we're all looking forward to what his uh, his choice is going to be for the uh, for the dealer's choice month as we all Come pick on, uh, a show, a mixtape, a five to one. A deep cut, uh, a film club, it could be anything. JP, a combo uh, of all of them, Bello, couldn't it? Is that what yours is going to be? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Randy Orton's first film. What did he do? Condemned us. 12 <laughs> rounds, part two, in it? Was it that? Yeah, was it 12 rounds, two? Yeah. Not the one with him and Ed Harris. What was the one with him and Ed Harris? When I was a kid. Wait, wasn't he changing an ambulance round, didn't he? I, I never oh. seen it out. I'm sure it was like. He's going to lose that race. Two. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I can't wait. That that week's going to be the big one, week three, and then uh, I'll be closing up week four. But I bet yeah, pressure on you, Beno. Sorry, there's pressure on you to, to close it off and end it in style. Go out with I the can wait and see what happens. Like, how hard yeah. you punish me will depend on <laughs> how many basketball hoops are going to be in the background. You think I make you up, So, you know, <laughs> it could be degrees here. Yeah. I, I can it could be. Yeah, four. you can. Good shout, that. Good shout. <laughs> But yeah, we're doing a sneak preview here this week on it on free week of it, or what the illustration is going to look like by doing a mixtape and uh, and picking two matches each. But yeah, got the just got the last two. Uh, watch this afternoon, plenty to uh, to say on some of these. I hope everyone's done their homework. As the uh, the match list will be in the description to this podcast and is uh, mm-hmm. is out there publicly as well, including one I'm uh, very much looking forward to, to talking about here. But JP, you had the uh, the first choice of the uh, the two matches. Do you want to uh, do you want to kick us off when we're our uh, our mixtape? Did everyone get? Was okay getting these in. It wasn't. I think we all, we were all very reasonable. There were a couple of longer matches in there. I think we did okay. Um, I think I, I just about got it all watched. I know. Uh, I know, Gareth. You've just finished the, my last match. Sorry, um, but <laughs> it was an easy watch. Good, uh, good mix up. I thought and put together. If there's a theme for this, like kind of, it's it's about pace, mm. and it's one of the things that you kind of notice is like a half an hour match can be a lot of fun, or a twenty minute match could be a hell of a lot as long as they move at a pace. Not doing Larry's Abisco shit in the middle of it, <laughs> which leads very nicely, I think, into kind of that would be for both of my choices. But the first one I picked is it's it's um, Tom Hiroishi versus Katsuyori Shibata from the G1 Climax 2013, their first ever meeting. To give a bit of context behind it, was it Ishii the year before had beaten Tanahashi in, and you know, he very much lost everything else in the block. But had beaten Tanahashi. It was like his big kind of moment for having like great. Coming into his own one. Yeah. It was like Korea, Korea lower card, New Japan guy who like you'd forget was on the undercards that mm. oh, you know who he is now. That was kind of them, wasn't it? Yep. And Shibata wasn't long back returning to New Japan as he did with Sakuraba and having left as being a young lion and then leaving to do MMA. He had this matchup between them. And back then, and this is no bad thing. Uh, like G1 climax matches, do they have a time limit of 15 minutes? Mm, like at times, right. it mm. was like you had to you had to work at a pace. And I loved it. The first time I saw this, I went, "Yeah, this is fucking me. This this is a bit of me wrestling." And mm. it's they just run at each other, absolutely fucking hammer and tongs, beat the ever loving shit out of each other. I think you've got Ishii's fucking selling is great. Mm. Uh, for the comeback, you've got a crowd that are just losing their fucking mind. But it's it's that start that just mm. sort of sets you in. It doesn't really let up for, what, 11, 12 minutes? Mm. And it's the kind of thing about where I talk a lot about sprints. You can have main events that are kind of like sprint-style stuff, as we'll kind of almost talk talk about this on here. But, my God, just talk about, like, everyone gets over in mm. all of the process. And both... And it, really helped shore up Shibata and mm. added to the kind of legacy of Ishii and G1s at that point, which is still a thing that we talk about to this day. Yeah. yeah. Love this match. It's a mad period, this, because, like, 2013 G1, I do distinctly remember, like, following John Pollock's audio. Um, I think it was the first or second year he started doing the uh, the daily, like, G1 follow-along. And, like, I was a big... I was a devoted listener to Core Power and them, but there's uh, back then JP listening to, uh, to MLW Radio, and he was putting it over. But the problem was the shows were on, like, oh, they're on Justin TV or whatever it was called at the time, and they were, like, 35... 
dollars per show. Um, so I didn't see much of this G1. Yeah, it was the year after G1, the AJ one, where I definitely I was, I was a bit more locked in um, and watched most of the shows and found paid for a couple, find some means to uh, to watch some others. Um, I think it was a couple of years after when uh, when New Japan World came in. But mm-hmm. yeah, this was this was like the period where it was like that 2012, 2013 period where people were firmly getting on board with like New Japan and stuff. Like I remember your Gary Marty sharing a lot of like the, the Okada Tanahashi stuff in like our group yeah. chats and stuff and that was kind of my into like following New Japan a bit closer in this point. Um, I'm guessing you didn't click any of those links, but uh, but I did. I had a, I had a good time. No. I don't know if Shibata no. was among them, but... They're still there now, aren't you, them? But I, I, was, I want your thoughts first. Before mm. I go into my mat. Come on, what, uh, no, what did you make it? Like? Wrestling no, you know, we, we can have a joke sometimes and we can do this, but I'm just going into this cold, aren't I? As JP, you know, he, he knew the backstory, he knew the, you know... Who the guys were? Obviously, I know who they are now after watching mm. New Japan from like twenty or eighteen onwards or whatever. So I didn't really get to see Shibata because he was was he done by then? JP was he done around that time? He was, wasn't he? Ben pretty yeah, much. Yeah. I want to say he was like twenty eighteen. Yeah, so around the time, yeah. he was like that. But I wasn't wrong though, JP. There was a lot of chops and there was a lot of forearms <laughs> in this. I'm not gonna lie, like, <laughs> but you know, you know, it's one of them. It's for me, it, it, it's not for me, though, boys, but I did enjoy a couple of spots where, like, obviously, they're chopping each other, and he's in the... shabbat has got Ishii in the corner, and obviously, he's giving him the forearms, and Ishii's no-selling it at the start, but he just mm. keeps hammering him, I'm hammering him, hammering him, and eventually, he wears him down to where the ref's got to jump in and that. So, that was a really good spot. Obviously, the two headbutts, I look oh. like, you know, they, <laughs> there's just no need for them. Which, like, in hindsight, <laughs> you just yeah. sort of go, oh, God, this is where it starts, because that's how his yeah. career effectively ended. But mm. it's like, and even the last stretch from from the from the headbutts onwards, you know, they kind of go into it, but... As I say, it, it for me, it was solid. It wasn't awful, of course, but <laughs> it wasn't awful. <laughs> no, but it's not. It's not. I'm being honest, boy. It's just not. It's just not my cup of tea at all. It really isn't. I mean, it's. Look, I can't say no more than that. It's not my cup of tea at all. It's like. <laughs> Well, I gave it five stars, so to give you the five opposite. Stars, five Oh, <laughs> no Melzo went five on it as well. Oh, it's a five-star match, this mate. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. And this was before Melzer had broken his own uh, his own scale. This was uh, the early days, mate. Um, I, I think money. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the shortest matches ever to get five stars as well. Mm, right. of, like like, like JP says. Like, for me, it's like this match, it sums up that period of New Japan of, like, when I was getting into it, because it's like... I'd almost forgotten because of the period we've been in the last three years of how hot the crowds were because it felt like a hot... I can't deny that. The fans been massively into it. You know, I think a barrier for me for Japanese wrestling has always been Japanese commentary. I just struggle. Um, you know, maybe that's I'm, maybe that's a, a fault of mine, but it's just it is something that that I kind of need to to invest. But I remember in this period, it not really mattering because it was wrestlers like it was Homma, it was Ishii, it was Shibata, it was those guys who you just look at this match without English commentary, you know who these people are. Shibata's like the hard nosed shooter. Ishii's like this bulldog underdog who, who won't die, and like. You know, it shows wrestling's a universal language. Homer was the same thing. You know, Homer, you know, would never, never win his matches, and he was like a good underdog as well. That was kind of my route into New Japan, kind of recognizing, like, even without the, you know, the promos or whatever, these were distinct characters, and despite 
distinct people. It wasn't just lads in, you know, black trunks uh, exchanging chops, Matty. It was, you know, everyone had, you know, something. Well, Shabazz wants was... to be, but I'll go and get well, cold, he... wasn't he? Yeah, but, but then he was distinct, you know, from right. everybody else because he was right. that guy who was like that. And yeah, I, I'd go five stars on it. And it's just, it is, it's everything JP said. It's the hard hitting nature of it. It's the, I think I'm sure Gareth will go into it. It's the selling. Like Ishii is like, because he's a bit more mobile here because you get a, a bit more with like, he'll surprise you with like a, a big, not Into quite Gary, a, a wheel kick into Gary, yeah. things like that. But it's those little moments where, you know, how many indie matches do you watch where a wrestler's no-sell? Ishii's always been the king of that. Like, he'll, there's a point, isn't there, where he goes, he tries to no-sell and he can't follow through. He has to sell, he falls over. Those yeah. little things have always been what makes, you know, Ishii a, a top-line wrestler. And yeah, I had this down as a, a five-star match going in and yeah, I haven't changed my mind. Mm. Ten years later, um, capital uh, T time there. <laughs> um, <laughs> any support from your end, uh, Gary? This is five stars for you, JP? Yeah. Just before, Gary? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a thought, Sam. Four and a half. Four and a half yeah. for me. Like I really, oh, yeah. really, really, really like it. It's not like it's not uh, like full five for me. But I'd like it's just one of those things where you just you know you're saying there ten years ago and it's like fucking hell. Where's that time? Like time gone? Like when you're <laughs> thinking about it from that perspective and like just a big thing for me with, with watching this was just the um, it was just the crowd as well. Yeah, like yeah. because obviously you've had that period with with New Japan and it's it's sort of coming back and things like that, but. Before they even did a thing in this match, the crowd was absolutely just fucking on fire right from the start for them. Just look, you know, literally stood corner to the crowd was fucking well up for it and just just absolutely buzzing for it. Like which oh, I, I, I love, but again, it's just it's one of those, isn't it? It's hundred mile an hour. It's hard it in, like you say. It's 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 each. Like just some, I, I just love some of the like the the detailed stuff there where he's um where he's absolutely just. Out his ass, and then he just like he lands that sort of like desperation throw that just sort of just gets him back. It almost just gives him that kind of like just something to at least have a bit of fight in him to just try and like get back into the match. That um, absolutely, absolutely love for that bit. That just that great visual at the end where like Shabata's is like choking him, and there's the the spit coming everywhere, flying yeah. out of like Ishii's mouth, and it's just all on his oh, face and flying it's again. Just a real good, just good visual of where he's at in that match and you know it's just that that holds just sinking deeper just you know just quality just little little stupid things like that to me just add like something just make it a bit, a bit of realism but i think all you know all in all for me i think it was um it was just almost that reminder of like fucking hell how much shabata did we lose like you know yeah we, uh, how he is, and like, and he's just as cool as fuck, isn't he? Like, he's so he's mm. such like a good <laughs> like person. Just have on your screen, he just looks great. Everything he does in the fucking hell, like the years we lost there with with him, like what a what a fucking gem, like. Mm. It is it's the biggest tragedy of all, isn't it? Mm. Really, that, mm. Which is a very nice link into my second match. There. Speaking of speaking of tragedy, um, <laughs> the next one is actually a match that I, I must confess I'd only ever seen once before picking it. So it wasn't like this is like my favourite ever kind of moment involving Von Eriks and Freebirds. It's partly because I've got a fucking massive hard on for world class and Memphis wrestling. I just love that shit. I really do. And I'm kind of grounded in it. And it's very weird. And I've mentioned this a bunch of times where 
you could buy. There was a point it felt like in the 90s, it was easier to buy USWA than buying WWF, mm. like, which is fucking mm. lunacy. And in this, like, with the Von Erics and the Freebirds, it's like, this is very much a moment in time match because there hasn't had any of the tragedy, hasn't started with David by this point. Yeah. And yet it's uh, 1983, Independence Day Star Wars, which is, if you just Google that, like, fuck me, you just end up in a science fiction film, fucking merry-go-round trying to find that. But it is also a match, I think, that Dave Meltzer gave um, five stars to. He went high this. on it. He definitely went dead high on this, didn't he? And it's the Von Eriks of uh, David, um, Kerry and Kevin versus the fabulous Freebirds of Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, young Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. Oh, they're all under 25, aren't they, JP? Yeah. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> you literally are, like... Yeah, no, you literally are, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he's 60. How's Buddy Roberts? He genuinely looks 40, do he? Oh. <laughs> Everyone in this match is just the, the definition of hard living. <laughs> just Jack Daniels and whatever, Jamie, literally, mate. <laughs> I, I wonder if, like, a Hayes never actually told the lads how young mm. he was. You know what I mean? Like, bo- like boss man or earthquake, I could imagine just be like, I'll pretend I'm 40 just so they don't yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, just don't ever tell anyone. <laughs> like, probably thought he was 45. <laughs> John Tenter wasn't ID'd past the age of 10, really. And, like, it's like, and Michael Hayes is that situation. He didn't he, in Texas, yeah. JP? He just walked in, don't bother. Oh, they Couldn't did. get a kid's ticket on the train, you know what I mean? That's to fight the guard every time, hundred percent. But this is like, it's funny because there's a whole big like reading around it. There's all these stories about how the feud kind of came together, and it came about when Kerry was challenging Ric Flair in the cage. Christmas Day one, JP. The Christmas Day yeah. one. Best ever, Michael yeah. Hayes gets knocked out of the cage when Flair jumps into Von Kerry Von Eric, and he falls out, and then Terry Gordy slams the cage in Kerry's face, and you know, had said very much move up from Georgia. This is where the action's happening. And they weren't wrong Mm. because it's absolutely heated. And it's the quality of it to watch is shit. It's the kind of stuff that the WWE should be, if you're getting world-class and then you're remastering it, this is like the first stuff you go for because it's Von Erich's Freebirds. It defines world-class kind of. And it's also that point. It's rather like, you seen ever seen Boogie Nights? Mm-hmm. No, I'm yeah, ne- that's why I've never really seen really. that. No, this this is Five basically film, it's yeah. like the party halfway through the film before William H Macy kills himself, <laughs> and everything goes downhill for everyone at that point in time. This is it. They're ridiculous. They can't. They're getting mo- They're getting sexually assaulted on the way to the ring. The Von Erichs yeah. for this, like they're losing it Beatles style, Dallas Beatles, but Beatles style, which I know you three are obviously massively familiar with as massive Beatles fans. Um, and it's, as a match, it's Southern tag. I mean, David Manning is all over this. Obviously, he even gets to speak during it as well. And it's, it's a he- I thought this is, is like a hell of a lot of fun. As a match, if you're giving it a rating, I'd probably say for like four stars, but the fucking heat is absolutely kind of like through the roof. And it's simple work. And there's something about all of it, but it's very, very messy. Like people are doing stuff and they're like kind of almost fucking up body slams. 
like nothing else quite kind of works, but that's part of the absurdity. JP, it's even like the whip, the Irish whips, isn't it? It's like the grabbing yeah. them different, but that's like a proper like I'm just gonna do it and throw you in. I hate you. Yeah, yeah it's it, uh, it is. It's fucking mm-hmm. sound. Mm-hmm. You're a big world class guy, aren't you, Matt? I am, and this this made me like I say when I got all my comps like over the past decade, I do need to go and watch. Like I've got a Mid-South one, a world-class one, and a Memphis one that I really need to go back and, like, with an older head now as well, really appreciate it even more. But I, at the time, I was when I outed them, I just gravitated to JPZ, to the world-class and this few, because even on the telly every week, you'd have singles, tags, six-mans, eight-mans, Iceman Parsons getting involved. You just get so many yeah. characters getting involved. And it, no wonder they defuted for so many years. They, they brought it back, didn't they? Like, 87, 88 or something like that as well in the UWF or they did try and bring it back as well and they and they ended up together at some point, JP, didn't they? The free birth and Von Eric. So yeah. it, it does go full like circle. But this is just as JP said, they hate the free base, but they fucking hate Michael Hayes, JP. He's the one for me. They fucking hate him, the crowd. Even just when like he's getting digged off the apron, he come unglued. It's like off a dig. It's honestly unbelievable. And but the so- but the even when they hear Georgia in my mind by Willie Nelson at the start, mm-hmm. yeah. like fucking going at it, and I have to say, like for the Von Ericks, I'd always assumed that they had like Yellow Rose of Texas as their theme music, like, fucking ZZ Top, man. It's fucking well, the the, the, <laughs> syn- the synonymous music. though, JP. It's Ted Nugent in a stranglehold. Eventually, that's the it's, one that they come right. out. To. Unbelievable, and what a tune as well. Like, but that's the one like where the fans, you know. They know them through that tune, but it's just a selling, isn't it? Buddy Roberts off that double clothesline. I think that was for the, the second fall. It's just, it's great stuff. It's just proper. He's obviously had his head shaved as well, and he's got the uh, yeah. boxing helmet on. Well, he had his, he he brought in this hair removal thing for a hair versus hair match with ice. Oh, that was Parsons, it. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up on top of his head. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. kicked off. I love that. Uh, proper wrestling, Beno. Proper yeah, wrestling, that. The end of uh, Not five stars like the last one, but you know what I mean? Um, do they have the matches? Who knows? Um, no, the... Um, the, the oh, don't, don't fucking start. You mentioned the end of that. Uh, hey, that wasn't even my shout that I get blamed for that. It was the end of the uh, the second fall, as you mentioned there, when the referee started. It's just like this. I'm not taking any more cheating from you, yeah, fuckers. Bosh. Like, it's brilliant, isn't it? Like, the crowd are proper into it. Who's the other ref they bring in? Like, because the crowd... It's are, like, Bronco Willie, isn't it, JP? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big fucking baby face. Like, it's like, it's like yeah, yeah. Lucha, isn't it? The, the what about the refs of Adidas top, though, boys? It's just a shame we're watching it on a potato, isn't it? Like, I, I struggle to get into it for that reason. Like, the this needs a like JP says a HD remaster, or maybe there's a better copy out there someone can find. I, I certainly couldn't. That's I'm gonna take my set out then, I'll definitely. I'd love to see this, and it. you'll just be able to see the crowds and the because it's kind of a blur, isn't it? And just yeah. Yeah. see it all properly in the facial reactions and stuff but yeah it's the heat and it's the drama that carries it it's um you know it's proper 80s territory wrestling in it gareth oh yeah no i mean it's it's one of them when you like you start watching it at first i was thinking like oh god am i going to be able to get get through this just because of the video quality was like so so poor but you just you just forget i mean i just forgot about that within about three minutes or four minutes kind of thing because i think there were you saying about like not even being able to sort of see the crowd because it's so blurred but the the noise that's coming yeah. off them and it's just constant isn't it it is absolutely like it's the screaming and things like that like you'd almost swear it was like some like crowd track or something like that the way it just keeps going and going and going and then and then it's so loud at the start but then obviously is it like hitting like the you know big spots and the falls and things like that and then you're just getting those like peaks again like it just you know it's what it's one of those where you just you know 
think back to that time and that era and just how invested those those crowds were and then you almost like compare them to what you get these days in a lot of instances and it's just like pales in comparison absolutely just totally totally unique but i mean like jp was saying about the match itself it is quite like you know almost like in like match structure and things like that it's 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 quite like limited really basic isn't it kind of thing you've got the heels cutting off the ring you know they're trying to get the hot tag and things like that and then but then it just being a bit wild and a bit chaos chaotic which naturally there's a big fucking heated feud going on between them so you just got everybody piling in and then like you say Ben, just having the ref just sort of pay that off with the final fall of like right we're you know we're bringing the extra ref in here we're not gonna have any shenanigans and then ultimately it is shenanigans <laughs> at, the, at the end where they you know they all pile in and it just ends up being like the the finish for the uh for, for the for the, for that final fall, like, but um, it's one of them where, like, for, um, star rating wise, I've gone like three and a half or something. You know, it's 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 more for the 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 heat and kind of the the sort of intensity and things like that that's in it. It's not one of those. That I think yeah, where you're looking at it for like ring work or things like that. But you know, as as something that just gives you that real captures that moment in time of this is yeah. what wrestling was all about when it was hot as fuck in the territories and these people that try and tell you that wrestling started with Vince McMahon, you know, taking it out of smoky halls and things like that. No, <laughs> no. like just what, just throw this in, you know, a couple of years before WrestleMania, you know, first WrestleMania. I mean, it could have been a smoky hall, hot as fuck. really. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to tell. Uh, <laughs> Can I just um, throw this screen mm-hmm. grab at your ear? This unbelievably lads. 24-year-old man, this. Like, like how? How? <laughs> no, I'm older than I am now. Like, <laughs> this is uh, Michael Hayes for all your listeners. That's not okay. It's weird. How's that bloke like office in WWE now as well? It's just like, what a career trajectory. Like any time I look, Doc Hendricks in it. Doc Hendricks, that's the other one in it. Like it's just. Do you think Vince? Think Vince had any idea? Just always just is this Doc Hendricks bloke? Oh yeah, like him. He's good on a on mania. He hates him, Bello. He hates him, didn't he? He made him. He made sure because Bruce Pritchard was trying to get him in for years, Hmm. and he he said the first thing he's got to do is fucking shave his head, and he did. He could. He's got like a pure guinea, Danny, like a short. Yeah, Doc Hendricks when he comes in, like, yeah. so he made sure he got rid of the air. Like, why did he lose his fucking shit over the ponytail then thing? He mm. should have been like fucking old school for him, though. When X Pac was that, that was yeah. X Pac, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> from hell. I, t- I tell you what, though, you got to give him credit here for like where you say as much as like the crowd fucking hated him, how good Hayes was at making them hate him even oh, more yeah. during like his his crowd work during this match, just like the whether he's you know he's riling them up when he's on the outside, or he's just like kind of just been pandering, been a bit, a bit of a shit house and things like that at, t- yeah. at times and stuff. Just he was a master at all that. Palm uh, uh, of his hand, didn't he? He had them in the palm of his hand. Because Gordy and Roberts, JP, they're more like the workers, weren't they? Definitely. Yeah. Hayes was just like as Gareth said, they're just controlling that crowd, lah. But- yeah, Roberts is like pure mid card. Like, like comedy kind of heel and obviously he's playing a kind of comedy gimmick I mean Terry it's just I think you watch this and it's like it's very much okay this is what David this is who David Von Erich is because he is this figure to speak about but there isn't like a lot it doesn't feel like there's a like so much kind of I don't know he didn't have the look of Kerry did he but it's always fascinating because Kerry is kind of slightly all over the place uh, at this point in time as well he's very young he hasn't got like any of that charisma but honestly, he's like Matt Healy to those women. 
Like they lose their fucking mind. I was going to say, JP, do you have to... <laughs> from the nineteen seventy-five, mate. Keep up. Oh, right. JP, Liverpool last night. I should have known. <laughs> JP, do you reckon he struggled on a Friday night at midnight? Kenny, Kenny Von Erich, if he was, mate, if he was all alone. <laughs> I think he was fighting off, mate. I, I honestly think he'd have to carry a fucking knife or a gun. It had to be said with Kenny Von Erich. No, he was like a yeah. Greek god. He, he was, though, wasn't yeah. he? He was yeah, yeah, he was. Head to well, I'm not going to say head to toe, but head to he was. He was. <laughs> <laughs> he was genuinely a Greek god, wasn't he? He was. It's a shame he hit away when he came back as the second Ultimate Warrior, isn't it? You know, the same thing. That was the Diablo legend in school, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose on to the, onto your uh, your two matches, Gareth. Do you want to give us the, uh, the big intros? We uh, watch a, a 30 year old man face a 35 year old man. Um, your first choice. <laughs> <laughs> is that Brett and Randy here for the 1335? Which is actually feels a very appropriate age, doesn't it? You know, yeah. like 87, you'd be shocked that he's uh, he's already 30 at that point, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I, yeah, I'd have thought, thought Brett was younger here, but like, that's, uh, that's a surprise to me sort of there. Like, looks older. I think there's something about the 80s, Savage and Brett just like, I don't know what it is. I don't know, Savage didn't look great in the 90s, don't get me wrong, but there's something about that 80s aesthetic there. And Brett's a bit chubbier, isn't he, in the head? He is, he's clunkier, isn't he? Yeah. He's definitely yeah. got that puppy fat on him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he always looked old, though, Savage, didn't he? Like, even here, where he's like, <laughs> in, in his early running, like his, I don't know, just his hair and his face and his beard and all. <laughs> And it just like it just proper proper looks old, but this this was a match that I just I just really like because it's it's one of those that I think it kind of like triggered when we were watching the the Brett WCW uh, when we were doing the Brett in WCW show, and um, one of the things there that, that I watched was like Brett and Randy, and then it just sort of reminded us of uh, this match at the at the time, and just thinking about the quality of these matches the matches these two could have had and I think these are the only two single matches that they ever had this one and then the one in in in, in WC in WCW um but for me it's just it's one of those where it's just kind of like it, it almost just feels like a match that's a little bit lost I suppose in some ways because with it being on like Saturday night's main event and then with a lot of the tapes and things you got over here it was always like your big pay-per-view and you might get some Saturday night's main event stuff kind of found its way onto comp VHS tapes and things like that, you know, depending on who the, the wrestlers are. But I just think this is just like a real, just for of its time of 1987, just a real like, just quality short match that just shows like how, again, the attention to detail that both Randy Savage and Brett are have because, you know, this is just a match that could have just been like any old throwaway WWF mid eighties match, you know, but it's you know, you know, it's not. It's got the it's got the nuance and backstory in it of it's like sort of post WrestleMania three where Savage is then doing that turn from being the heel to babyface, and it's a bit more of a it's been a bit more kind of a, a slow burn. They've had that incident where the um, the Art Foundation and Honky Tonk Man were you know like held him sort of hostage in the ring with the guitar or you know to hit him, and then Lizard ended up getting shoved down, and then she goes back and gets Hulk and things you know. So it's that kind of just that real, just starting to just tease into the start of that um, that you know the whole Mega Powers thing that, that you know which you know I you know I love. Uh, <laughs> I'll but, get mentioned later. <laughs> but you know it's just that sort of like early early tease into it, and then but then what that does with this match for me is. It, it's it's just great how it just puts that bit of kind of needle in there that you've you've got Savage who can is is starting to work more babyface, but he's still got that a bit of aggression and a bit of nastiness about him and things uh, things like that because he's not he's not totally there. You've got the the whole threat of 
like Jim Nida and Jimmy Hart on the outside where they're going after like Elizabeth at the start and things like that as well. I just think it just it's just something that's um, it, it's just set up really well for them to then go and have the the kind of match that they they do in this. And I think the uh, the big word here, Matty, is the uh, is the art of the cell in yes. uh, in 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 this match. Macho and it's, 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 it's macho, but I think both of them as well. Like early on. Breck gets rammed shoulder first, and then he's like rammed into the guardrail, and he's like carrying that. He's car- he's sort of like hanging his right shoulder a little bit, but then you know there's just the, the there's a big spot, obviously, you know, to um, towards the end where you know Savage has like fucked his uh, fucked his ankle, like um, going o- over the rope. Liz, you know, Liz takes his boot off, and then he fights the rest of the match, you know, just with the the one boot on, but like fucking just selling that ankle like an absolute champ like it's, it is such a such a so so great but then brett doing his part as well just like uh, just going after it targeting it kicking it stomp even like punching it like just punching when do you see somebody just punch somebody in the ankle kind of thing <laughs> it doesn't happen like ever you know you don't you don't get anything anything like that you know like a you know, spinning to old half crab and everything, just really like going after it, and then just having that nice finish there where he goes for the slam from the outside, and again that sort mm-hmm. of like last gasp bit of desperation for Savage. You know, roll through and you know roll through the slam. You know, one, two, three, quick count. You know, Love that just, finish. Love just that. been caught kind of thing. Like you know, it's it's it, he hasn't been beat. He's just been caught kind of, and and again like. Um, I just just in in terms of just like fifteen minutes of, of work there, just two 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 masters of the masters of the art uh, uh, going out there for me. Like love it, love this one. And you said there's one word to describe this one. The word I was gonna go with was work rate. Like that's where's where that word comes from. You know what I mean? It's like we set we gets thrown around now. It's one of those dare I say IWC terms. But like when Meltzer first kind of coined it in the eighties, or when it kind of got coined in the eighties among hardcore circles, it was because you had your Hogan's of the world who were going out there and you know putting a certain amount of effort in. But then these are the these are the, these two are the best example of people with what Meltzer would have called in those eighties observers. We read JP high work rate because they're constantly doing things. It's not. You know, it's not Certainly like not the junk food dog, would he? He, <laughs> no. wouldn't, he wasn't in for work, right? Was he? <laughs> but they're, but they're not constantly doing things in the sense of like you know uh, an undercard flippy tag on a GCW show. They're constantly <clears> doing <throat> things in that, like you say, you know, Savage is always selling. Brett is always you know focusing on which you know whichever body part. There's always a range of motion happening. It just doesn't stop. That's why this is up there with like you know it's like you said, Gareth. It's not like a five star best of all time match. But it's one that you hear people say when they say, you know, the best TV matches. Because as far as that use of time as a in a main event slot, there is no wasted motion. It is just go, go, go. Like the commentaries even, you know, putting them over as like the the two, you know, best best wrestlers. They don't say workers, but you know what they're saying. Jesse you know, the body's big on that, isn't he? In Jesse, this? He uses yeah, the phrase yeah. mechanically. Yeah, mechanically. Yeah, mechanically. Yeah, that's, yeah. That. that's the code, isn't it? Because that's what these are. Vince be hating that. <laughs> <laughs> that's it next to <laughs> got Brett over, isn't it? He was the mechanic. He was the one. You know, the yeah. Oh, but he's been always said the technician, didn't he? Yeah, and all of that stuff there. And it's just that's what I. Whenever like, remember like that period when they were showing a lot of like eighties WF TV on Sky. Like they'd show it like in the mid two thousands. They'd have like Raw on a Monday, and then like oh that like, one match. Five o'clock. Benno, after it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there'd be that, well but then yeah. there'd be like the five o'clock like repeat of like in it. Forgot it felt, about that. Felt like wrestling yeah. from sixty seven thousand yeah. years ago, but it was actually like wrestling from ten years before. Yeah, but like that was the. Savage 
always stuck out. Like, that was the period where I really, really started to appreciate Savage because he is so different than everybody else in this period, mm. as is Brett. There's not many that can keep up with them. And yeah, I love this match. It was, uh, it was great uh, revisiting it, JP. Yeah, same. It, it's, it, I know I'd seen this before, but it obviously had been like a really long time. And obviously for all of the things that you guys had, had said, I think the things that, that kind of stuck out to me were, that we've already mentioned in terms of Brett in the puppy fat phase, which yeah. kind of goes after like WrestleMania 3, I feel. Um, as a for heel it. as well. It's weird to see him as yeah. a heel. I'm not the attire. <laughs> the attire's stingy in it. It's the colours, right? But it's just the material of the singlet. It's just, I know it's an old school half foundation, but not the Brett. I want to see yeah. that. It's, yeah. it's not in that place there at the moment it was jesse on commentary because it was like vince is trying to do, like think of heel. it's just like he's not being a heel really is he like i, I mean about this there's loads of stuff that like jesse says where it's perfectly kind of legit or something um and i, I think it's it's like you see how good jesse is in it. it's like this is just what good wrestling television from this era was and it's kind of all of the component parts you mentioned on there and again that word pace, my God, yeah. You got 15 minutes. What do you achieve by the end of it? You feel more sympathy for Savage and you're much more interested in Bret Hart, which was the thing I always think that twigged with me and I like to think twigged with Gareth where you watch him and he went, I don't know why he's really good, but he is clearly really good at this. And that's the thing that kind of sticks with you. And then when you... <laughs> Pardon that, me. Great, that moment with tag teams, isn't it? When you realise yeah. like, who's the good one. You know, with the, with the yeah. you're like, oh, it's Sean, he's actually the good one. Oh, Jim Nidart's just the fat one. Booker he's the better yeah. one, you know, out of him and Stevie yeah. Ray. You have that eureka moment, don't you? JP always brings up the one, and it's like with DiBiase, isn't it, in the Survivor Series? Like, you reference that a lot, don't you? Where that just as a Brett moment kind of thing, you're just like, oh, yeah, he's, he's got something about him. Like, you know, you, and, and it's where you just got these rare instances of a bit of singles or something like that that Brett could have that actually then you sort of stand up and just 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 take a bit more note take even dax and cash away. now it's still happening now in aw is yeah. like i didn't necessarily know dax was the better of the two but it's very clear he's the one putting all those matches together you know timely jay and mark jay was the leader of that team there's always one isn't there you know but again with this one again sorry just again with this one as well it's just just the thing there where you talk about like the tv and put the, the work rate side of things and stuff but just the, the the storytelling just doing the whole thing with the boot and things the, the I was they didn't need to do that they didn't need the, 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 the there was no reason for them to build this extra layer of story into this yeah. match but they do and it's and it makes it all the better for it yeah. like because they're, they're thinking about it Savage wouldn't be doing that against Dino Bravo, would he? Respect. None of that Brett, stuff. He knew, yeah, for Brett, yeah, that type of match. It was... Only because Dino would be, Christ, let's have a fag break. That's <laughs> 15 minutes, I'm not a machine. Dino, Dino takes his boot off and all these like, loose sickies and stuff start falling out of his boot. <laughs> Few tenors, bit of powder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just creative, isn't it? That's the thing. Even the finish is like, oh, what I got to get the soup back. How they come up with that? The little soup. Bet they've done it a million times in house show loops, but like, I love that. But yeah, just over, just creative, great TV match, Matt. Brilliant, as you've all said. I feel like I've got nothing else left to say. You've covered it on that, really. It is. It's the finish. It's the the savage with the boot for me. It just stood out and loved it. Yeah, great stuff. Go on. Well, on to your second match, Gareth. This is 
Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Necro Butcher Samojo. I said to the other day, this is a, this is the one. It's like in reverse almost. Like uh, just waiting to to get this this feedback because obviously every time you mention um, World of Sport, like you just talk about men in woolly trunks sticking their fingers up each other's ass and things like that. I know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but to to me, like when I I was kind of in this headspace then of like mid 80s 87 and you know again it just made me thought i was trying to think oh well, let's just put something in a bit different kind of that you wouldn't maybe ordinarily like make it onto our you know you know mixtapes and things like that let's take this chance to to get something on there but like for me this is just like to me it's almost like kind of the epitome of what was good and what was great about British TV wrestling in that time period because you know you talk to the layman and they go big daddy and they go giant a stacks and things you know when you've heard me and JP talk about stuff like this in the past like when Rocco died and things and we did that bit of like the tribute and stuff like that to rock you know on the on spotlight at the time to Rocco and things you know we've talked about people like Fit Finley at the time standing out again for his style and things and you know I think this is all it's it's very like formative for me of like probably what my what I find appealing about wrestling because these were the guys who were on ITV who stood out to me people who were having matches like this you know where who was at the age of I didn't know why at the age of eight or nine or whatever, why I liked this, this stuff more than the, 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 you know, the other stuff, the more show, showy stuff. But for, for me, I think say, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> for me, this is just the thing that it's like, this was on TV on three channel TV on a Saturday afternoon, millions and millions of people were watching this match. And to me, this match, even today, when you watch it now, this could be on new Japan or something like that. I think for the, for the style that it's worked and things that, that, that like quality and level of, of, of wrestling that's in there. And like for, for this, for me as well, it's just like, it just, covers so many elements i think it's it's the it's got that like the real hard hitting stuff like with some of the knees and the elbows and the strikes and things that have got in there you know i think from a wrestling perspective it's so tight like the holds and things like that it's so like nothing looks nothing looks fake everything looks detailed every transition every counter and things it's not just a dead easy lazy oh i've got you in an arm bar and then suddenly a second later someone's rolled through it and they're in someone else it's worked for or that that turn or things like that that uh, included uh, in, in in there is is what happens is what makes it happen and then like and i also think it's a great example of how rounds wrestling can work because i know again you're not a fan of rounds either benno but i think the way that this match is laid out it's it's a it's a it's a it's a perfect way of showing how, how rounds wrestling can work. Have I even said who it is? I, I haven't. Have I? It's Roman no. Rock. Sorry, I'm just. I'm too busy just getting like excited by the the deals of it. It's Roller Ball it. Rocco versus Fuji Yamada, who people will know more as Jushin Thunder Liger, like when he was over here doing his run. And the whole premise of this match is that Rocco had had that belt for ages. Yamada come over, beat him for it, and this was. You know his chance at like getting the uh, getting the getting the belt back. So you know best uh, best best two out of three falls here. But um, again, it's 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 one where I just think from a match structure standpoint for me, I just think it's absolutely 
absolutely perfect the way that this is this is um, worked out. I think you know at the at the end you've, uh, of the first round there from working from the, the round side of things, you've got like Yamada on top, and then you've got like Rocco backing off and things, and then he like it's until he gets to the until he gets to the bell, so then he have a break, start a round two. What does Rocco do? Come out having like backed off and just sort of like faked off to the to, to the bell. Then it's like a sneaky kick to the stomach that puts him back on top. So he's been he's used that break and he's used that round uh, and the bell to his advantage there to, to 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 get on top of him. But there's other instances that as it goes later on, like at the you know during the um as as the bell's gone to end the round, then Rocker's doing a lot of crowd work there. So in some ways, it's almost like the end of the round is in the same way as if you go back to that Freebirds match or something like that, where you've got Hayes powdering on the outside or something, and he's riling the crowd up. They're using that. It's okay. It's a it's a time break with a bell, mm. but it's not that different really to a a, a wrestling match with no rounds, and you've got those breaks as people are powdering and doing your crowd work and things like that, and then they use it where Rocco's. I don't know, he's got the belt and he's like holding the belt up and he's like saying, you know, I'm having this back. And then, then he loses the fall within the next minute. He's showing, you know, shows that he's like, his, um, his focus is off a bit, a bit and things. So that, that tell, tell like, uh, tell quite a nice story there. But, you know, just some of the stuff that you see here as well is that is the innovation side of things that you, that you get there, you know, where you've got like, um, Yamada, you know, doing like double arm DDTs, you know, cartwheel elbows, you know, is, um, you know, the Rocco putting like the sharpshooter in there and it's as deep as fuck. It's as, it's, it's the best sharpshooter you'll see on TV <laughs> this year. Like, you know, it's better, 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 better than anything the way that it's, the way that it's, the way that it's about. It looks like, it looks like he's killing, killing the man. But, um, for, for, for me, it was just like, and again, JP's coming back and then talking about pace. This is something else which you probably wouldn't associate with world of sport. 100 mile an hour from the off the right in there they're doing stuff and it's technically perfect what they're doing and they're doing it at a huge uh, huge pace as well i fucking love this match i think this match stands up against anything and it's like you know god 1987 it's just just fucking brilliant and i look forward to listening to you rip it to pieces Bennett. <laughs> you've got to go ben go on <laughs> oh i feel pressure now um <laughs> Right, to, to counter everything Gareth just said. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I really did. Um, I've got a yes. uh, disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> this was great. This really was. This was the match I was dreading watching. So, like, me and Steph were watching these matches last night, and I was like, "Do you want what do you want to watch like first? Do you want to watch this one, or do you want to watch literally any other? And it just kept getting put back to the back of the queue, in the back of the queue, in the back of the queue. And then eventually we put it on, and it was, yeah, it was everything you said it was i think what what i loved about it was that it was you know i love the comparison of the two matches you did this is two sides of the world in 1987 and there are yeah. two very similar matches and like you say this is on yeah, i think world of sport this show had finished but like the wrestling was still on wasn't it this was on in the uk like on telly like you say i mean my nan was watching it my dad was watching it like and they go out there and like it is it's Every, it's the antithesis of everything I hate about World of Sports style. <laughs> I barely noticed the rounds. Like, they weren't a hindrance. Because that's the problem when, like... I think the reason I'm so... I so dislike that style and the, the phrase World of Sports is how many boring Brit Res wrestlers have tried to bring it back. Going, we're doing World of Sports style. And it's fucking rounds and fucking, you know, wrist locks and cartwheels and doing the best impressions of stuff they can't actually do that well. It's just boring. And this is 
everything but this is it's basic it's not a stop spot fest but i can literally imagine like big daddy or whoever sitting backstage going they're out there doing too much they're burning out the crowd but the crowd are fucking loving it and like yeah. my biggest takeaway was you probably would watch this and just assume the japanese guy would be the heel everyone would hate and like you know yeah. racist middle england of the 80s weren't gonna get behind like yeah. they fucking love him because he's good and that's the thing because these guys are obviously so much better than than you know whatever has come before or or after this like the crowd are with it you know work race is over you know and it's just yeah it's I, honestly i really loved it like to the point where like i was watching it like you know i, was, I went on the, like i was going on the youtube comments they're the great reads because you've got all these japanese people like parachuting in like you can do like the translate thing on youtube and see what they're saying and they're all like i don't understand the rules but this is great you know what i mean a few of them be like oh my god that's liger without his mask which shouldn't be a shock because does a man ever look more like his mask than Jushin Liger? Like, you take the mask off. If I saw him in the streets, I'd be like, that's Jushin Liger. He's just, just, there's just something about his face that screams, that's Jushin Liger. I don't know what it is. Like, it's the body as well. Like, he must... Yeah. Like, they don't really draw much attention to it on the commentary, but, like, he must have come in and, in it, like, you know, this, as good as Rocco is, the fucking state of him, the state of all of these, like, you know, hairy... gutted, like, 80s fellas you've never seen a gym. And all. Like, gyms didn't... There was no pure gym in 1987. People weren't going to the gym <laughs> in England, really. Like, he walked like a fucking, like, side the width of Mate, the gym was playing darts in the pub. <laughs> yeah, it was. a gym. That was like, you know, workout. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I went oh. like down a rabbit hole with this. I was on like the on Rocco's Wikipedia. I was reading about like him as Black Tiger in Japan and stuff like that, and his trips to America. Like you can all of that info. Like the fact that he throws a sharpshooter in there. This is a well-traveled wrestler who understands the style he needs to work with Liger. It was the opposite of what I was expecting. I was looking. I was on Twitter like reading like Hulk Hogan doing his obituary. Like I'd you know watch it looking at like there's all these pictures of him and Hogan like touring together in Japan and touring together. In, like America in the early eighties and stuff, and like Hogan posting it, like they they meet up again at like the um uh, what's it called the British boot camp when he was like the judge on that. Apparently yeah, yeah. Hogan pitched him for that because it was like oh we're doing a British wrestling thing. Oh rollerball, he was my mate from the eighties, and he got him in with like Dixie and got him on that show, which is also quite mm. heartwarming that Hogan you know remembered him for that because yeah. you look at rollerball Rocco and you look at Hogan, there's no way they wrestled each other all time, but like. <laughs> Them and Andre, best of mates in Japan, apparently. Oh, there's everyone. Did this whole like story. I'm ready for it. I've changed his life, Gary. I've changed his life. Let's go. I've got a tear. I've got a tear in my eye. With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment of my life. Revenge. I'm gobsmacked. Five years down the drain here. Rick Respeno. That's where we are now. This is it. Bring back world of sport. Oh. I'm looking forward to doing um yeah World of Sport month one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not go too far. I mean, I'll watch him. I'll watch Johnny Saint. There's me too. Because to be fair, yeah. James, we did a mixtape on BW and James. He snuck in. I think it was a Johnny Saint match. Can't even remember who worked. It might have been Liger again, or maybe it was um, Tiger Mask. But that was one I kind of enjoyed as well. If you were very selective, I could see myself getting into it. You might mm. uh, might have changed something in me, eh, Gareth. Bit of growth, oh, like you were good. there, Necro Joe. Uh, well, I mean, with that though, like where there, where you say about like the the Tiger Mask stuff, it's it's kind of like one of the good things for me is almost that like transition of of this way. Yeah, I've got like so, like Satoru Sayama was was Sammy, like Sammy Lee over here who I, he, he, um, 
and then obviously was Tiger Mask. You'd obviously had the Tiger Mask, you know, Black Tiger stuff with with, with Rocco. But then then you've got Liger at that end of the spectrum. So it almost like it's almost this kind of like real long linear thing that kind of just goes from that from Tiger Mask through from like New Japan. Rocco's there at the center of it into Liger, and then where Liger goes on and does it in with his his career as well. It's all quite pivotal, and like you say, the stuff the stuff that they're doing in the match. It's uh, it's great stuff. I'm taking it. You enjoyed this, JP. <laughs> I, no, I hated it. No, I, I did not. I, 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 this was such an easy watch. And for a lot of the reasons that you guys had said, I mean, I think a couple of the points were was, and I've always been much more like optimistic that it's it has to be done very, you have to, can only really do it with good wrestlers. But rounds can work in wrestling if you do it, particularly if you've got like, bigger guy versus slightly smaller guy who's going to be like, okay, I need to take this match long in order to tie them up. There's loads of stories that you can do for it, which feels like it's going much more into an MMA kind of style stuff. So it's, it's, it is interesting. It's, it's, this is the stuff that I often think would it have kept world of sport alive. It was the fact that there was just a point where you were watching big, big fat blokes, bounce into each other for the entertainment of very old ladies. Um, and this is like a world away from from all of that. And this is so, yeah, I thought... junior heavyweight wrestling happened. Yeah, in England, that's what it is. is. In, in England, England. Yeah. a background to yeah. You know, the rounds are like... On ITV. Like you know what I mean? On ITV. <laughs> in front of probably eight to ten million people. <laughs> yeah. Like, without trying to sound funny, like... Fucking soaps don't do eight to ten million people these days. They're like, oh, we got six million on Christmas Day. Like, Jesus Christ! It, it it was like, you know, this is the kind of stuff I often wonder: would it have kept it alive if they'd moved in this direction? But that was never going to happen with crab trees and joint promotions and the like. They were never gonna gonna do that. But I look forward to our weekly um, world of sport. <laughs> Spot, spot now on Spotlight. Um, Cover this. The Japanese coming. lads coming in, the Stampede lads coming in, like the Hart brothers coming over and stuff like that. You know, that's the that's the stuff I am actually interested in. You know, the fact that they, they were over here doing stuff. Not Cat Weasel then. No, no not for me. <laughs> <laughs> doing bizarro world, elaborate kind of m- walking around a man's fucking leg in some weird <laughs> way while spinning around on the floor. And you're like, what? what is this kabuki dance they're doing? <laughs> can, I make, can I make it four, Matty? Well, Gareth, I'm not going to lie. When the <laughs> ring announcer said, and this match is scheduled for 15 <laughs> rounds, I was like, oh, I was expecting three to five, but I was like, 15 free, you know, 15 free minutes rounds, like a 70s boxing match. I, I thought, oh, that. no. And you know yeah. what? It could have been. Yeah. By the time it got to like the third and fourth round when they had the fall, you, it just went for me. And I just forgot it was uh, rounds. And as you said, it was just the level of wrestling. It reminded me, and I've only seen a bit of bits and bobs. That was like it was in Stampede Wrestling that match. You know, it just reminded me of that, like two good wrestlers going at it, and even the finishes, like the bridge and German suplex. He gets yeah. him in the fourth round, doesn't he? What a finish! Then in the city, uh, the sixth round, he evens it up with a nice little butterfly underhook suplex. Yeah. And yeah. even the finish, you know, it's not an amazing. But at the t- you think of like in the eighties, it's like he goes for the uh, German, he blocks it. Picks him up, fucking tombstone. I was made up in the tombstone <laughs> all over. And I say, Rocco, I've, I've never seen him. Like, it's like he did look at head and shoulders, Gareth, the best wrestler that, like, yeah. we had at the time over here, definitely for sure. Oh, yeah. Boss? 
really yeah. enjoyed it. Oh, Nan oh, oh, oh. Tombstone Pile Driver on like yeah. the <laughs> the 80s before I ever did. You know, it's wild. <laughs> before Matty was born. Yeah, yeah oh, mate. And I was born when this match happened, Gareth. Oh, <laughs> uh, do, do, do you know what though? They're there with as well as like the the one. It was just um, that Rocco sort of like systematically breaks him down over the course of the match. At first, it's his knee. And then it's his midsection, and then it's his back, and then it's his neck, and then he beats him. Uh, he beats him with the tombstone with the neck, and so he's like, he's took his he's took his legs away. He's done his midsection and his ribs. Um, you know, he's he, obviously like uh, with, with with the the back as well, and then the the, the neck. He's just broke. He's, he's literally broke down his full body. So it's not even. It's not like it's oh, he's picked one body part and he's worked this one body part, but he's gone straight up the body kind of and just yeah. attacked like uh, all, all roots which again is just like something that again it's fucking you know we all celebrate the one body part kind of like but it's a bit lazy really isn't it in to some degree to get, just yeah. working that working that one you know when you when you're up against somebody who looks like that just take his whole body out and uh fucking <laughs> lovely lovely stuff I'm made up. I'm fucking honestly delighted. I'm proper buzzing. I'm honestly. You did all right, mate. I want to know more. Matt, he hated the G1 match and you're all a bit. Matt, <laughs> Anderson. No, I didn't hate the GP. Far from it. It was just the, uh, you know, but rounds and points. Better. What's going on here? Uh, <laughs> points. I, I, I'm looking forward to Matty getting rid of the rest of the beard apart from his muzzy and uh, doing the yeah. big roll up. <laughs> yeah, tribute. <laughs> doing, the, doing the roller ball tribute there. Like. Oh, well, look at that. Let's can we just get Edge and Orton out of the way then first? I no, mean, keep it in order, keep it in order, keep it in order. Yeah, all right. Well, first match, I've got a uh, Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle, keeping it you know, tying in with Rumble season hmm. for the uh, WWE title from Royal Rumble 2003. And um, this was obviously built up with, you know, Kurt Angle won the title the month. This They kind of hot-shotted the title around at this point. He beat the big show at Armageddon 2002 for all the fact fans out there. And, um, you know, Benoit was number one contender, but it played into when they were a tag team. And, they, you know, it was Edge and Benoit versus uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio. I'm sorry, Angle and Benoit versus Edge and Rey Mysterio for the tag team titles at No Mercy. That's an IWC classic. I do need to go back and watch that one, boys. And Angle and Benoit won the tag belts. So played in that he couldn't get along and stuff like that. And then, but in, in, in the meantime, you know, Benoit had got two victories over Angle. So it made sense that when Angle was the champ, obviously the first guy coming at him was Benoit, who's had his number. And for me, boys, you know, you might associate this with me, but this is great, proper two wrestlers again, just having great wrestling. Just like, you know, just... Similar to the Mania 17, we've done, remember that one there, Ben, where we watched that one? Mm-hmm. And that was an early one on, so you, you knew they meshed straight away, didn't they, Angle and Benoit, obviously. And this is like, what, nearly two years down the line. And I just thought, like, just going at it from the start, just, you know, grappling. And then once it kicks in, when Angle takes that DDT on the apron as, like, one of the big spots, like, and he sells that like a champ, it's like, when they start trading Germans, the reversals, when it kicks in with they're literally just reversing every submission near the end. And the fans, because at, at, at the start, the fans are kind of like, but you get right into it near the end. And it's just fucking, you know, a match that I've once again, you wouldn't associate with me probably, but I've always loved this one. Really always loved it. So what do you reckon then, Ben? Are you still, um, you know, <laughs> you're a fan or? <laughs> it was I, I don't know. It was it was good. No, it was. It was um I think that the the thing with that with Angle and Benoit was like how many times 
they just literally because they were the two best wrestlers in the company, they just put them together a million times, didn't they? Like, and it was. But like... I think this was the peak, though, Ben. They worked their way up to have this, and I think this is their best match, obviously, over the years. You know what I mean? And I think it is a peak, and this was the outcome, and. That's what that's what I think. Like I'd have to put it against others, but you know, you got used to their spots, didn't you? You know, the the German reversals and the the cross face into the ankle lock, and how many times they kind of went back and forth with that. The biggest credit I can give this one is it didn't necessarily feel like a WWE match. Like as it got into those big near falls at the end, it felt like a big match of the year contender that could be happening in like New Japan or could be happening, you know, in in more modern wrestling. Like ahead of its time is probably like the biggest um, biggest mm. take I, I had out of this one. It's it's one of them. It's like you know I think I don't think it necessarily is a five star match in today's one. Did Meltzer give this five? JP, do you know Did four point seven five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see it in that range, like four and a half to four point seven five. I enjoyed it. Mm. It was a bit on the long side, I thought. Um, for that, so maybe maybe I wouldn't go go as high as that, but I don't know. Uh, maybe you got more fleshed out thoughts, JP. I mean, I would, but for this one, I went between 4.25 and four and a half. And it felt like a really nice kind of trip down memory lane. That's how I felt about it. Like it is, you know, it's very hard to kind of get, it's still to this day to get like kind of really pumped up about a Chris Benoit match necessarily. There is something that kind of makes you kind of hold back instinctively as a result. But As a match, and I thought as with the storyline stuff, as, as Matt had said, sort of looking around it where he was using Team Angle to come in and like kind of stop Benoit and, and everything else. And then, you know, when it gets into the flow of the match, like it's just the sheer smoothness. And it's almost like it was a weird place, 2003 WWE, because if they were going to be honest with themselves, the direction should have been Kurt Angle. Really, and it's a whole another sliding doors kind of serious issue with angle it. as well. Like I, you, serious Kurt wrong, angle. I love the comedy, as undoubtedly, as the absolute number one guy, like in the company, is who it should have been. Like as and and what shoes to fill necessarily, kind of post Austin, and then you're really getting into kind of like what eventually becomes like post rock, and it's because he could deliver. Like he absolutely, I forget this at times with him. So I'm so used to kind of JP 2002, right? There's not mm. honestly that run he had in 2002, Kurt Angle all year, mm-hmm. different types of opponents. He was unbelievable, and it was only injuries that stopped him because he had a little bit of a minor knee injury before this match. Then obviously mm. he had the broken neck coming out of Mania against Brock, and then he comes back, and then ever since then he was obviously. We have a time thing, Ben, with the TNA thing, and he lasted the day, but he was always like worn down from about this period. From that yeah. mania match with Brock, he was always kind of like he didn't couldn't go for like that two year period without like being a bit broken down or injured. Like so, it's a shame because in this boys again, like the the, the Germans and then that German where he takes the moonsault bump out of it, yeah. where he lands on his head. But then even it's a big reaction the, that doesn't it? Like it's oh, it gets a massive one, boy. But I, this is me. I'm loving the, the reversals. Mm. Oh yeah. But it's like that last time that because the fans obviously react to every cross face and the last one Benoit gets in. The intensity, the grip, the wrenching on his face, he's up and down, and the fans think that he's going to tap it. And then Kurt just proper reverse it one more time into the ankle lock and lies down with it. And back then, I think he just started doing that. When he lied down, no one got out of that then. Everyone was tapping, and he used that for a while. That was the key of, like, no one's getting out of this move. I give it full five stars, Benno. It's one of my... Fuck, I love this one. 
Well, you put this together for uh, this is like your this is your um Neko Richards. Oh, you this was for Gareth, wasn't it? Because you, you hadn't seen it on when we did. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm, I'm indebted. I hope I haven't let you down, Gareth. I know it's not going to hit the, the heights. I, I hope you, you did like it. No, I know. I did. I did. I really enjoyed it. I've gone. I've say I've gone like four and a half on it. You know, which again. And yeah. it's, you know, it's it's one of those where I think the things that you've said there are the things that I really enjoyed out of it. And it's, you know, you're coming back to those, you know, you're coming back to those sequences, the, the German reversals and things and the, the, the smoothness of those. And then the pop, like you say, that the big one there where he, you know, he releases and then he does the full somersault on it. Yeah. Kind of like, like great crowd reaction. And it just, just in, it just worked by the number of, attempts and reversals that done on each other to that point to then land the big fucking massive yeah. one kind of thing it, it was built and and it that totally delivered like you say some of the counters as well you know i was talking previously about you know sometimes i hate the way like people can be countering stuff and it just looks a bit light or it just looks a bit too easy and stuff like that but there was there was plenty in here where it it, it looked really worked and you know the i think the way that like angle you know his athleticism, the way he could like contort his body position almost to, oh, to yeah. get that roll through and things that meant that it, yeah, it is feasible there actually that he has just escaped that cross face and then he's done it with the purpose of very smoothly and immediately like applying the ankle lock at the other way. And it, it just, it, it was just lovely stuff like between between them there and like at the end of the day like you look there and you, you've spoken about like the match rating and stuff and you know i think one of the reasons that this did stand out and when like i mentioned it the other day is this is the highest rated royal rumble match ever on grapple like this has an average of like you know 4.74 you know on the app so it's awesome. the one that it's the one that stands out so it's it's stand it's above your your triple h and your cactus jacks it's above your you know styles and scene it's above your um you know 92 rumble match everything there you know so to grapple users this is the best the the, the best match there's ever been at the Royal Rumble, and it's probably hard to argue. You know, I haven't watched it and Would just be. like watched it the one time. You know, I think it's a kicks a shout of that fucking Triple H Cactus Jack match for me. <laughs> Cena and Marga is the only one, but it's a different type of match as well. And I think that's the, the the key thing with this is tonally they get it right. And I do want to mention that word pace. If they don't work at and you know, Ben Ben said it was a bit long. I, I kind of actually thought time wise, I was all right about it. I mean, yeah, yeah, different opinions on that obviously but i thought what they really did the job of is that they're so well matched up they instinctively know what style that they're going to work with each other it's like it's it's very much they're kind of just set up as like the prototypical opponents if you want to have a good match like benno says you look at it and go who are the two best wrestlers we have these two put them together and storyline kind of be damned i just think it is it's kind of um like the idea of this kind of a match like the crowd didn't die off mm. i never and there's never a point where i think either oh, crowd are going or anything else it's like they're there for this and they're going mad towards the end and for some of the near falls which are like fucking great yeah and that's it, JP. It's, the, it's the submission like near falls it's even that mm. uh diving head butt to the back of the head that they throw in he gets a great pinfall near fall off that it's like fuck, i i can't speak highly enough of this one like yeah. How fucking far did he dive for that? I know. You know? <laughs> fucking hell. Like, I've never seen anyone dive that far for a headbutt like that. But, but, again, but again, that was another thing that was brilliant about it from the detail was was when they, they did land big stuff like that. Yeah. Then yeah. They, just the timing before they went for the pin was 
good enough and realistic enough that it wasn't overly hammed kind of thing. you know it wasn't dead hammy the way that they delayed being able to pin pin them kind of thing but they just allowed sufficient amount of time that it was credible that the guy could kick out you know he has just add that extra two seconds to just recover from that big move that you've just done to him or something um, something like that as well so just meshed meshed up nicely and again just kind of like before like he had it all, didn't he? He had it absolutely everything. The charisma, the comedy, the character, yeah. the crowd, getting the crowd going, obviously being as tight as anything in, in, in terms of his wrestling. Like three years in. It's insane, isn't it? Like it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but he was this good a year in. You know what I mean? That's not even like saying yeah, anything. Because he, he was good in two thousand. It's insane. You speak oh. it, it's it's the greatest it's the, he's the most natural professional wrestler that's ever gone into this completely from scratch as well. 100%. And let's imagine, for example, that he didn't really care about Christianity. He'd have been an ECW. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. He'd have been gone, yeah, I'm all right with this crucifixion. I can give a shit, me. Yeah. He'd have been on the drugs earlier, though, wouldn't he? <laughs> that's that's the only problem. <laughs> he'd, have, he'd, have, he'd have been a dead man. <laughs> well, can I bring the positivity down here? Because I'm guessing this well, next from match one memorable match to another, mate. Who, who else remembers when we're April 30th? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, when JP threw the points at me, I, I, I was I was going back and forth on several other matches. To be honest, I had Rock the Undertaker be Kurt Angle in a freeway from Vengeance 02 as me like one between this and that. And I, I went with this only of sheer spite, JP, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this match for me, you know, obviously two of my favourites. And I always thought I... should say what it is, Randy Orton v Edge. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm getting carried away. You're doing a Gareth. It's uh, it's Reg. It's uh, Edge Reg. versus Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> He's the other favourite wrestler. That's Reg. your nickname now, Reg. <laughs> Rating RKO was a terrible name. He should have just gone with Reg. He's yeah. just done that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. This was Edge <laughs> versus Randy Orton from the Raw, April the 30th, Raw in 2007. Big day in history. Now, the, it is a big day. It comes a week after that famous IWC John Cena versus Shawn Michaels 60 minutes in London match, which obviously cut the time on this one. It didn't happen. This is the night after Backlash, where it was a four way with. Cena, Orton, Edge, and Shawn Michaels for the Jeffy's title. Face. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember that day? No I, idea. I, 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 I love five years that match. Happened. I love your and Gareth, especially reactions to these matches. You think I'm just making this up, don't you? It's <laughs> fucking, I love it. But that's a great, that's a good four way, like very good. Um, so obviously, they're going at it the next night on Raw, following up from this. And this is coming off the rated RKO run. Obviously, two heels at the time obviously didn't trust each other in the end. Had stuff in the Rumble where I think Edge got rid of all. And Edge was always the more heelish out of the two when they were a tag team. And eventually led to this match. And I, you know what? I always remembered this match for the bump that Orton takes onto the commentary table, which is a bit wild for Randy, this one. It's really wild for him. And um, it's just the fans organically get behind Orton. It's heel be heel. They pick who they like. And they want Orton to uh, obviously win. And when he takes that, now I still don't know what you reckon on the uh, bump into the turnbuckle, boys. Was that hard way the blood, or do you think he's 
gig just before he took it. What do you reckon on that one? If you were watching it, then I'll buckle in this match. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is what I'm saying. Did you actually watch it? <laughs> I was thinking he did. I was thinking he was up there because he was like he was going to put him up there for like a like powerbomb. As soon as he does the lift him up, so he's falling right. down. I thought he's gone. Right, straight away, it's a good visual though, because straight away, isn't it? Mm. It's there, isn't it, for all to see? And then obviously, you know, Orton goes pro getting color. Oh, this is it, JV, a worker's worker, a master at his craft. And he, uh, you know, he's gushing then. He, uh, he, Edge goes for the spear, Orton does the leapfrog spot. He goes, Edge goes into the turnbuckles, goes for the arcade KO, Edge pushes him off. He goes to go into the exposed turnbuckle, Orton puts the brakes on, turns around. Eats a good spear, great sell, just a dead pin by edge, no hook on the leg, he just falls on him. And I fought for a raw match, boys, you know, and uh, with, you know, I just thought it was great. I did, I loved it. And I know you aren't going to like this one bit. <laughs> Beto. <laughs> Someone else <laughs> JP. All right. I thought this was a lot of fun. I also, Thank you. and this is going behind it. The third link I thought was very fascinating when I discovered actually I didn't need that because this match ended. I was like, I wonder what the third it completely innocently. <laughs> how long a fart sound. It was 16 minutes or something. It didn't need three links. I don't know what that you were trying to put everyone off. It's, it's like it, it's trust me, like they don't sit there going, right, let's work slow. Let's work slow at the beginning. They don't. They just go <laughs> hell for leather. Would you, like to, would you like to see what link? Like, so I, I put this on the air. Uh, these are the, in the show notes. I was waiting for this moment. So part one is the first part of the match. Part two is the second part of the match. Um, if you click on part three, this is what you get. You get an hour of part three. <laughs> <laughs> um, see that? Because I watched it on the network. So. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly thought, oh, did they do some post-match angle? And that's what we're being made to watch it. This all seems like... Well, do, uh, JP, do you watch a show-long angle if you managed to do the... Gareth, did you do the full nails for the role or did you not bother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you went straight to the match. Yeah, no, there was a show no. long angle where fucking Michaels or uh, an Edge all get took out by this assailant who's who's coming in to that uh, to take over from John Cena, and it was the great Carly who's going to come in the fucking these famous match. JP, I'll never hear anyone always says Cena was good. Yeah, Cena was this IWC, and then Carly matches. They were fucking awful, mate. They get hyped up as like Cena's this good worker. No, don't believe it, JP. Don't go back and watch them. That feels like an alternate universe to the one I lived in that, that Cena was ever thought of. As, I was firmly in hating Cena for a long time. Yes. Really up to the point. And, and, you know, we brought up before about the other kind of, I suppose you mentioned, great Royal Rumble match, like Cena versus Umaga is the one where you go, there's something here, actually, with this yeah. bloke. I'm not happy that the Umaga, Umaga hasn't won, but he was in three-minute warning five minutes ago, so it's a bit churlish yeah. to really complain about it. So, but the this one, this was a li- it had pace to it, which is 180 degrees away from that WrestleMania thing <laughs> that we watched. I think that was the shortest spot in everyone's life. It that was. match wasn't it? It really was. But I'm not it like everyone. It's a Joey, it's it's a good TV match <laughs> between these guys, and the crowd are like with them. They choose Randy Orton inexplicably of the two, which I, I could never see less, but it's very much Hobson's choice with, uh, <laughs> with with this one here, or Sophie's choice even, to give it a darker context. Um, yeah, and I've chosen Edge. 
watching Randy goodbye at the station. <laughs> Gareth, what did you think? Um, I, 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 feel, I, I, I feel like I want to be nice because you oh, like, Gareth, no, come on, mate. No, come on. Like, this, I'm not going to off because my match is this, coming next and I want everyone to say nice things. So, like, I'm trying. No, I'm not a voice. Come on. If anyone's not asked, it's yeah. me. Come on. Give it to yeah. me, Gareth. This, Give this, me a this, full on. Come on. Nah, this, this was our match, wasn't it? And to, to me, I watched it and I was like, there's been a better match than that every single week on Dynamite since Dynamite started. <laughs> like, literally every single Matty week. Matty hasn't seen this. any of that, so it's all right. He's got a context. Like, like, Desensitised, Gareth. I, I, I just thought, like, I mean, I know the crowd start, like, cheering for Orton, but I just thought the crowd was pretty dead. They didn't seem that arsed, particularly. I didn't think through the match, so I thought it was lacking It was, it was was lacking on that, especially after some of the stuff we'd watched where, where the crowd were, like, hot as fuck. Stuff was just happening. There just didn't seem to be to me. There just didn't seem to be any like kind of cohesive story that they were telling or reason for shit to be happening. To me, stuff was just stuff was just happening, kind of. And like it was, I don't know. Like <laughs> the only thing that I liked about this match was Randy Orton's old theme. I used to love that. Being <laughs> <laughs> in my light. Probably <laughs> <laughs> still in nineteen seven. I thought that'd be gone by then. Oh, it was just a. It was just a. Um, it was just an average match. That's just a cold <laughs> raw match to you, isn't it? That's a cold edge. I couldn't, was, and raw I couldn't match, decide yeah. if it was the 155th first best match in Raw history or the 152nd. It's somewhere in there. It, it is. It's just a, it's a match on Raw that that happened. Like it's a professional wrestler match between two professional wrestlers. <laughs> it's a couple of workers workers. It's a couple of professional wrestlers. It's. It's a match. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just, I, I don't well, I'm, know. I'm not related to these two, you know. I don't think they want to be. Yeah, sure. Because, <laughs> like, there's nothing notable about this match at all. It's a match. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just don't, don't see. I saw nothing to it. Like, there was nothing Did... that, that I'm memorable about it. It was. It could have been any other Raw match. Um, yeah, a match happened. No, that, that's fair. Sorry. Like, to, as I say, to a cold, a cold Raw match between... Obviously, two wrestlers who you're not fans of. That's mm. obviously a possible fucking outcome, which it was, Ben. I'm fucking too right. What was the other possible <laughs> outcome? <laughs> no, 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 but I'm saying, of course, you know what I mean. Yeah, fucking hell. The, the, the weird one for me, though, here was like, so this was, what, 16 years ago? And, like, Edge looked 30 years younger than he does now. <laughs> like, that it was a weird time. Edge looked like a boy, and it's yeah, only 16 years. Really and like, oh, he looks more than easily more than twice as old now like I was blown away by how young he looked given how I mean it's obviously it's a while ago but it's not that long ago kind of thing but like fucking hell mental Sorry, Matty. I'm just burned from the amount of mixtapes we did in uh, in lockdown. <laughs> where like I'd always put you through ROH matches and Nitro matches. Ben, there's no apology. And I'd wait for Orton or Edge to come, and it'd be like <laughs> a match from Raw in 2009, and it ended in a DQ, and it'd be like, oh, the GM came out and. Hey, at least he's got a fucking finish, though, Ben. Give it that kid. He's got a pinfall. <laughs> but Matty remembers it, and it means something to Matty. So yeah, there you go. There um, you go. Happy for you, mate. You got in, and I'm dreading your week in a uh, dealer's choice. Oh no, yeah. you won't be serious. You won't. You won't dread my week. Promise you. Uh, promise you. Well, if you're out there and you enjoyed it, let us know. Tell us in here in the comments. But no comments back. Actually, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I don't even feel strong enough about it to rip it apart. It just it was a match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair play, Ben. Shall we go to mine? Um, <laughs> hopefully, I've poisoned the water here. Um, Go from there to my five final two to uh, to to wrap this up. 
Um, Deathmatch Benno is alive, um, as you'll see in the uh, in the second match we'll, uh, we'll talk about here. Um, Phil and uh, WH Park's uh, thoughts on me here with these two, but yeah, I picked Raven v Goldberg as the first one. Main reason was I didn't want to take the piss because I know that the second match we'd want to talk about was a long presentation from start to finish, and it was between that and Cena and Umaga, and I was like, well, that's long as well, so I couldn't put them both in. So I just tried to think of like a, a 10 minute match that I. Uh, that I loved, and like I say, no, going back to our mixtapes in a uh, in a uh, in pandemic times, Matty, this one definitely got thrown in by uh, by me. Uh, it is my go to this uh, my comfort blanket this period of of nitro, and for me, it's Goldberg's first match. Like he had a load of squashes in the lead up to this, you know, a load of you know this rough diamond of a man coming out and you know just squashing through jobbers like Hugh Morris and the like and you know spear jackhammer and it's over but you know he's getting over and over and over to the point and this is the point in that push where it was like he was it was unavoidable you know there was clearly something we're gonna have to do with him like and it's it's weird because if you're a younger wrestling fan, this doesn't really happen anymore. People don't rise through the cards. Like, it doesn't happen in AEW, it doesn't feel like. And it doesn't happen in WWE. But Goldberg, you know, three months after this as a bona fide main eventer and would be for the for the rest of his career. But it can't be understated how important this match is in getting him to that point. It's, you know, Raven, JP's favourite, smartest man in the room, Mensa rating of whatever it is. Maybe not quite as high as Mark Briscoe, but up there. Um, and, you know, wanting to do something, you know, he, he's got to put Goldberg over. You know, it's this rising star and they're going to, you know, they're going to put the belt on. I'm sure he wasn't happy about it at the time, but it's like, you can tell that the, the mechanism in Raven's head of, okay, what can we yeah. do to do something with this guy? And it's all bullshit and nonsense and interference and flop members coming in. But it's one of it's almost an angle in some ways. It's just so yeah. well laid out, you know, all of the well, best laid out match ever in one like, of them. Yeah, and it's the building to the peak of the you know Goldberg finally hitting you know the spear in ring, flying through all the, all the flop members through it, through to the big uh, the big jackhammer finish. It's all of those obstacles they throw in his way to present something for the first time in Goldberg's clear career resembling, you know, a ten minute match. And it's just like I say, Goldberg's a freak of nature. Raven does an incredible job and it's just, yeah, a massively memorable and uh, and favourite ten minute match of mine. Um I think you share the love JP because I know this was uh, one you were considering of uh, of throwing in. Was really close to putting this one in. And I'm nodding my head with all of all, all of what you're saying there. Because there's something about this, like if you take out the entrances, it's not long over five minutes. Yeah. And what do they fit in in this time? Because there is a point where Goldberg's having to sell for Raven, for like which I, I kind of never assumed that was the case. I almost thought like he came to the ring and they just creatively mm. had the flock come in from all manner of different directions. Mm. But it works, and like you say, it's it's raw Goldberg. So there's still stuff that's slightly off, like when he was trying to throw. Billy Kidman over oh, the yeah. rope and, and other stuff like but that. But the strength of him just get get some fluid, yeah. don't it, JP? Fucking boss. And it's it's the crowd, it's the crowd reacting. It's like the perfect title to do as well. Now, what should have happened from that is while he'd had that title there, Raven at that point should have been pushed towards the top of the card. That's the other thing that should have happened. I know it seems mad, but at that point in time in, in 1997, that's that's the kind of thing they should have done. Yeah, love it. It just you know, you forget about a Ron Reese. Don't you? I forgot completely. Forgot Horace Hogan when he came. I was like, "Oh my god, they had Horace to put him Hogan, there." Yeah. I'd forgotten hell, about man. it. Van Hammer hasn't joined yet. Neither has Perry Saturn. That hasn't that that hasn't happened at the moment. But I was really into Raven in WCW around this point in time because 
let's face it, you looked at his T-shirt and everything else. For the time, I was like, fucking cool, this bloke. Yeah, he's he not is. current, didn't he? Like, that's all, what, did feel current. For saying, but he, you know, he's coming in, he's like literally <laughs> trying to be Kurt Cobain, isn't he? But like, if yeah, he yeah, is like yeah. 19, mid-90s culture, doesn't Genius, it? It's mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> he listened to some albums and thought, I'm going to be like these blokes. Only yeah. a genius yeah. could think that up. I was going to say, JP. Would you go one-on-one with him in a literature test? <laughs> He'd make shit up and then say it's not real and just talk over me and I'd just go, fuck off, Scott, and then walk off. So, like, I don't know how far it would go. Uh, he lost a few mental points when Goldberg got that spinning kick on him here, didn't he? When the comments was like, you move. It's like, fucking hell, it was Bret Hart of them there. Like, you know, <laughs> if you believe Bret Hart, that really happened. <laughs> Listen to that show if you want to hear that conspiracy theory. Uh, is it one that's fondly remembered for you, Gareth? Yeah, again, it's it's one of those with that Goldberg build, you know, that it, it just sort of like stands out. And I think probably the way you like watching it, it it's one of those that you would would normally just watch for what it is. You're probably just watching it for something like this is just sort of like with a slightly more analytical eye on it. And then it's when you sort of like say there about the, the selling <laughs> side of things. So the fact that Goldberg does have to sell initially so that when that when later there's that spot in the corner where he just starts eating Raven's offense and he just like no sells then like then it just makes that twice as good kind of thing because he's because of because of where he's uh where he's he's come back from before but you know again again it's it's just having that just the the bit of smoke and mirrors around it all just to drag drag the time out and things just just you know, it, it it all works. Nothing's too much. Not you know, the flock don't overstay the welcome and things like that. They're disposed of pretty rapidly, aren't they? You know, getting big run race up for the jackhammer and stuff again. Just it's within this match showing you know another aspect of Goldberg that's you know makes the, makes him even more of a beast that he's doing that to some fucking enormous enormous bloke there. But the the first jackhammer that he hits on Raven before the um sorry the first uh, spear that he hits on Raven yeah. before um Fans the flock it. come in. That, what a fucking spear that is as well. That the, the way Raven takes it, like oh, yeah. it's brilliant. It's, it's so it's so good. But it's ah, oh, it's just like they do a great a job, don't they? In that spot with the fans, like they don't. It's not you know when you see fans on indie shows and it's like okay, that's clearly like the trainees. They just look like some blokes, don't they? Like they're absolutely <laughs> believable plants. The people who force Raven to to not run away, like it's actually it's well done. Like the fan who put Yamada back in the ring in that uh, match that I had before. Can you remember that? Like when he was on the outside yeah. and they lift him up and push him back. <laughs> but yeah, and, it, and it's all in front of a molten hot crowd as well, isn't it, Matty? That's the other thing. Like it's oh, a 90s mate. nitro that... crowd going wild for clearly it's the, the next frat party, Benno. The, the mm-hmm. lads always have like the four or five fucking lads <laughs> in college fucking base enough for anything. That face spear, as Gareth said, though, the fans' mm-hmm. reaction of that mm-hmm. is fucking different level. And like an explosion, as you say, it? just. It's well laid out, Ben. Honestly, that as you said before, and I said one of the best laid out matches. And he, there's another one like this. I think he fights uh, my old mate Shane Douglas on a Nitro in 2000. No, but they do the same thing, boys, with the National Born Thrillers where they come in, and it's a, literally a carbon copy match of like uh, that's how you you present Goldberg. You just want to see him do people in, don't you? And like just spears, kicks, power moves as people come in. It's just one of a kind, Bill. Like definitely. Bill Goldberg mixtape coming to you. And I was actually a, a oh, double jack. So I was like, fuck, did we do this on the squash, squash matches one already? But we didn't. We skipped over it and I'm glad we did. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some great some Goldberg gems we could definitely do at some point later. We could get 20 matches match. out of that mixtape and it'll go about an hour. So we'd be all right. 
good stuff. It's good stuff. So yeah, glad you uh, like that one. But over to my big test, <laughs> which is, I suppose, technically the main event of uh, of this mixtape, or at least it is in. Uh, of course it is, Gareth. Of course grade. it is. You know, even better. <laughs> Fucking hell. Hey, I'm, it was a fair. Everyone saw it. We spun the wheel. We made the deal. You know, I ended up uh, ended up last. Um, Creative control. <laughs> yeah. uh, hack the wheel. That's what it is. Uh, but yeah, this is a kill shot. If people don't know, uh, the for, the uh, the now Shane Strickland, who, and he was at the time too. They just lucha under him for a reason. Put him under a mask against uh, Dante, aka Ar Fox, in uh, Hell of War. To put this into context, this is the season finale of the uh, the third series of Lucha Underground, aka the end of Lucha Underground, really, because season four sucked. Um, and it just it never kind of regained what it was. Um, yeah, so this is like the uh, the big, big thing. And there's a lot of, um, you know, goofiness surrounding it, you know, as the commentary, which is pff, insipid at times. Matt Stryker, good lord. Um, it's when Vampiro's putting you in your place and pulling you aside, going, that was a bit stupid what you just said. You know you're onto a loser. But somehow Matt Stryker get, used to get past the, uh, the edit on Lucha, Lucha Underground. But, you know, as they explained there, it's a daft story. They were both at war together, you know, and that, that was the story they told through this uh, this season three of, uh, of Lucha Underground, that there was this uh, dark past between the two of them, that, you know, this old grudge that needed to be, uh, needed to be settled here and that's the thing about Lucha Underground it was like a weird place and time it's all of these indie wrestlers from like a lot of them from like the SoCal area but like from around the the country being plugged into this part soap opera part kind of like almost horror movie you know part professional setup it's it's a really unique time in wrestling that I'm really excited to go and and uh, look at when we hopefully at some point do Lucha Underground. I need to watch it, Benno. It sounds like, fucking, I, yeah. I think you, it's very much up your alley because it's like, it's yeah. great indie wrestling and big spots and stuff, but it's also, like I say, these backstage the segments yeah. and wacky, yeah. you know, people, are, people die, you know what I mean? It's like that and they, they literally die that. and they're gone. They're written off in the, in the storyline. Ricky Reyes is at RIP in peace. Um, he's very much alive in real life, but he dies in Lucha Underground. There's loads of stuff like that. And this match, you know, it is for all, it's a death match, but I think why I love it so much, you know, I like death matches anyway, but it's a death match presented well on, you know, shot well, you know, with, you know, great camera angles and great lighting and great atmosphere. It's a death match that, yes, it's the silly world of Lucha Underground, but it means something. It's these two men who literally do want to kill each other. And it's got some structure as well. Like you can. I know Meltzer was always weird about rating Lucha Underground matches because they are edited. And I think the edit makes it better in some ways and also can make it worse in some ways because they'll jump up from, you know, Dante Fox is on, is on top and then all of a sudden Shane Strickland's on top and it's like, hang on, like, I, sw- I swear he just went through a big flaming table or whatever, you know, the spot is. But I think it, it does overall enhance the package and makes it tighter. And the biggest thing for me that I'm hoping you all liked it, because I'm going straight to Gareth because I want to know, is like, it's the crowd. Because the crowd aren't your spoiled, you know, CZW, GCW deathmatch crowd. It's a crowd of civilians, you know. It's There's a lot of, obviously, wrestling fans there. But there's a lot of people there just to see this this taping happening, this TV taping. And there's so, like, there's a scream in this, like, on, on one of the spots that I want to get into that's so good. But overall, it's those shots of, like, you know, these, these clear, like, just civilians in the crowd genuine reacting to, you know, big spots um, that they, you know, probably didn't expect to see that day. It just all adds together. It's just a great presentation of a of a half-an-hour wrestling that builds really well, that has a great stipulation in it. I think it makes logical sense, the uh, the way the match 
goes. I know we end up with a silly WWE style ambulance match, but I think that adds to it too. And yeah, it pretty much took up the the entire hour uh, of Lucha Underground on it on this week. The first part of uh, of two is the uh, the end of the third season, and yeah, it's one of the the more memorable uh, matches uh, for me. And yeah, just a a great, great, uh, great memory. Um, and for me, much better than their Dynamite match uh, a couple of weeks ago. But I built it up enough. I loved it. What did Gareth think? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I loved it as well. I, lo- oh, wow. I loved it as well. Like, I, I'm, like you know, I'll, I'll have this reputation about, you know, eight and death matches or eight and hardcore matches and things like that. I don't. I hate shit death matches and I hate and shit hardcore matches. Yeah. And like, <laughs> this was, this is, this, this, the, the, everything about this match that they did in this match was like, justifiable like it, it had you know the the story was getting put over between them you know well enough that you could just kind of like parachute in and just watch this as a as a one as a one-off stuff but it had they had to put that meaning in there between them there was like the stuff there was like the timing between stuff it wasn't just a case of like right this death match has started one one second in i'm going to twat you with a pane of glass because why because there's a pane of glass there and it's a death match it was like we'll set it up We'll build anticipation. We'll make you think who's going to go through it. How are they going to go through it? And things, you know, it was it was well, it was it was well thought out properly. Nothing, nothing that they did where there was like the the big spots or where they did weapon spots was you know superficial. There were, there were, there was there, there was justification, I think, for everything that they that they, that they did in this in this match, and it really did. It just created that feeling of like two lads who've, who have you know they're going to war against each other because that's where they are together in the you know in their wrestling feud in their wrestling storyline you know it was just something that just felt like it was you know perfectly told and got across within that half an hour as well which again like i thought was you know brilliant just a brilliant bit of storytelling now there's a there's a million spots in here that you can like get into and things but that again that was good. Everything that they did, the big spots, there were, there were, there was, those things looked great. It was, you know, those things there that you've seen before that just stood out as just looking a bit better. You know, those things that I think were um, one of the things from the small amount of Lucha Underground that I've watched that I, I love that setting. I love the set. I love, I love the, the temple. unique. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and then, and then they used that here as well. You know, where they're doing, you know, they. They're jumping off different bits of the set and things like that, you know, and it just having that just different different aesthetic and, and, and why have we got a pane and... of glass? Well, it was in Dario Quito's office because we were going to replace the windows <laughs> later. Little things like that. And then even like when you say there about like, okay, yeah, they've got the uh, the WWE ambulance thing at the end, like you know, he's he's taken that huge bump off the off the musician stage. He's gone through that glass like he looks fucking dead and then he just gets picked up and he slowly walks to the ambulance and just puts him in the back of the ambulance and closes it. And that, that just felt like the perfect end puncture. It felt like a Western or something like yes, that to me where somebody's been like, you know, like the hero just walks away with his defeated or, or his, you know, whatever the, his, his colleague who's died or something that he sadly walks away with. Or something. It just had, you know, I was almost thinking if this was WWE or something, there'd be, there'd be a quick turn like or something like yeah. that. Like he'd suddenly be revived just as he was about well, to get in the ambulance. Well, he's fighting to go in, yeah. And, yeah. And Kane's like, driving you know, the ambulance, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds good, sounds good, that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, it, nah, yeah. I, 
I, I loved it. And this is, to be honest, this has been on my like watch list on Grapple for eight, like pretty much since the day I started the app, and I've just never got around to literally that functionality. Like it was, it, never, this is like comfortably the best Lucha Underground match on the app. It's like four point seven five. It's head and shoulders above the others, and you can totally see why. It's a fucking work of art. I really think brilliant. And now I'm going to cry. Oh, happy. Love it. <laughs> What's going on here, boys? <laughs> Kumbaya. Love it. Um, Matty, we watched this one uh, not long ago. Didn't oh. we watch the, video. the reason I brought this here was because like, I remember the reaction of like Matty and like, Gary oh. and Kui and that just to it because they'd never seen it before. And it's, never seen it. Right. It's the escalation, it was... isn't it? I think that's what it is. It, like Dad oh. pointed to there. It's the violence just keeps getting upped in a logical sense. Like, even to rewind to Garrett's point about that, you know, the way the match starts and stuff, like, they do go into spots relatively quickly and they get the glass out, but that's because the, the stipulation of the first match is first blood. So of course you're gonna do that. They're, they're not gonna yeah, they're not going for pinfalls. They're trying to make each other bleed. So like yeah, they, that plays into it too as well. But yeah, it's that escalation it, of violence parts in it that I remember seeing it you is. pop in real life the first time you watched. Oh, it. Just, that's it. And Gareth's like broke the, the match down. I'm gonna just go right into the fucking spots, panel because mm. it's like that fucking. You know, he starts off the first big spot is the ring post moonsault. Like, he literally, as if it's not, and just, fuck, how the fuck? Is that onto the ladder? Onto the ladder on the outside. And that's just like, all right, I can just do that as like a little start-off spot. I'm like, fucking hell, it's amazing. And then he he goes the leg drop out of the stands, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. What a distance he gets on that when he swerves on the apron with his head sandwiched between the two chairs, isn't it? Gives him that. My personal favourite one in this, though, I'm, I'm, you know, just ignoring the backdrop through off the top through a pane of glass like boys, like it's nothing. But it's like the springboard Spanish fly. I always love a spot through an open chair. I don't know why I've just always loved the spot. Or like they should have two together. But that is just unbelievable. Once again, like it's nothing. And then, you know, we have the 450 on the ladder straight after that when uh, he basically gives him that Spanish fly, takes him right over to the other corner put Swerve on the ladder on the bottom rope in it, Ben, and just gives him a 450 once again, like it's nothing. It's like, fucking hell. It's unbelievable. With that first time, as you say, my head was gone, wasn't it, Ben, when I yeah. seen this? Yeah. It's fucking like, what, <laughs> unbelievable. And then we get the power bomb on the barbed wire board, and that's where you first see how fucked his back is, Gareth, how bad is that blood on his back? And also, it's if like, you're going to do that, you know, this isn't like for a tenner and a hot dog at CCW. This is like, you know, Lucha Underground gave these lads, like, they paid them fucking loads. Contract, they all had actors' yeah, guild yeah. cards. Seven-year contract. Yeah, it was worth Seven it. Seven season, them. yeah. Yeah, it was worth it. It was like, if you're going to do it anywhere, do it here. It's like the biggest, like, it's probably the biggest show Lucha Underground ever had. And then we, we go straight into another DVD off the top onto the uh, stretcher because it's the last fall there. And then, as you say, builds up to that last spot where he... You know, Fox is going to be throwing them off, but then Swerve just grabs that bottle of empty bottle, doesn't he? That the musicians have had conveniently placed, but I fucking love stuff like that. I just fucking nails him on top of the head, and he just takes that delayed swanton bump, doesn't he? Right through the fucking oh, glass. The and drama, he just, he's there like he's dead, Ben, out for ages. Sure. It, as Gareth said, it's like a Western. It's like there's no, like, you know, as, as Gareth said, like him shaking or not, and all, him, like fighting back. He's done. He's done for. And then Swerve gets him, and it's over. It's just. Unbelievable stuff, really is. Done for, and he's lying in all of that glass, which is such a yeah. good visual as well, isn't it? Like it is. this is the thing where I think brings you in, JP, to the you know the media uh, uh, teacher and that. Like they're 
that's the beauty of Lucha Underground, isn't it? It's how it sounds, how it looks. They get all these interesting mm. shots from above. You know, even the, you know, like Matty said, they're grabbing the, the the bottle things a little bit, you know, post-reduced, but whatever, it's Lucha Underground, so we'll let that go. It's the best, I think, wrestling's ever looked on TV, some of Lucha Underground. It's the best Pentagon ever looks. Like, yeah. I'm looking forward to you guys getting to see him in his elements and how well they produced him in his promo. Him a vampiro, in it, Ben? Yeah, that that, that yeah. Uh, coffin oh. matches it. Fucking brilliant, that. That's season oh, yeah, three yeah. as well, I'm pretty sure, yeah, mm. yeah. I think that might yeah, be the second part of Ultima Lucha. Yeah, I'm just going to have a look at it because I, I had I put my rating into the app. I'd forgotten about it. I went 4.75 on this. Because hmm. I've just like, it's half an hour that flies by. And like you say, there's there's the presentation of this because it's there's like all of the different factors because it's like two wrestlers who've gone, right, we're going to be creative and we've got all these different areas we can use, like the office, which Angelico used and frankly made a career off. Yep. One dive of the, of that going into the ring because it looked great. The the crowds like you just cut to these people who are losing their mind. And yes, it's edited and it's post produced and other things along those lines. But like you see the chairs from where the fans have just been running all around the place watching stuff happening in this match because they're just losing their shit. It might be the best death match that I've ever seen. I would put it in that, in that category because I hate death matches generally and talk about the art of it this is kind of the art of it i mean the bit with whatever that is congealed blood or flesh that's on there oh, like, yeah. it haunted me yeah but like i was like oh my god like and it's it's creative Very, they're doing yeah. and even the points where you think oh there's i thought at one point there's going to be a botch off a spanish fly but yeah. fair play to like ar fox completely like keeps it together and they managed to pull it off and there is you realise how good Swerve Strickland was and really how lucky we we got to see him kind of on the reg over it. And we kind of almost took him for granted. I just missed him, it. didn't I, Benno? Because yeah. I've, I've been a fan of since I've seen oh, Swerve. I was always, yeah, I see him first in MLW and, I, and I've never seen him like uh, over here, yeah. But this is, yeah, for me, this is like the high, this is up there as like one of the high, certainly from a match perspective. I don't think they never did anything for this. Pent- Pentagon Junior was the most compelling character, but for this and it was it was a fascinating experiment it was relatively big budget it was for a an english language but a, a trying to expect um trying to attract a large hispanic market as well through robert rodriguez and the like so it was kind of fascinating for that when you saw mlw tries to do lucha underground you realized actually you take away the production values and it's shit yeah. as it should be but it looked there was a point in time where you were like talking about like what looked major league on TV. And I was like, this looks better than impact. Cause obviously this is pre AEW. You're going, this is, it's just that there's complete flights of fantasy, which leave me kind of out of it. And whole various characters and storylines with sexy star as champion and stuff like this. But it's not all good, but I think Matty will love the bad nah, stuff more yeah. than the good stuff. Yeah. yeah Some of the soap opera that's stuff. what I'm saying. You know, the death, the deaths in it you're saying, is it, is it cause you said like a horror? That's why I said it, it, it sounds yeah. great. Is it like done sure horribly? Or is it like, you know, doesn't he put hits out the owner as well? Is it a bit of both, is it? Or... It's a bit of everything, really. It's like, yeah, yeah. he's like, he's like, a... he shouldn't employ them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, because that's the thing. He's kind of like this weird, like, gangster villain who just 
brings them all brings all these fighters to his pit to make them fight against each yeah. other for his own entertainment and that's kind of the core right. of it and then like other gangsters start turning up because they want him dead and then there becomes a supernatural <laughs> element to it where like yeah other like literally dead people turn up and it just it gets what season four is horrendous like season four oh is it, is it, like, it loses yeah. it because they, they haven't got the money either and it just it's clearly on its last legs but this is yeah, it's a great way for it to end. Really, I think season one as well. They struggle for the first half to find the footing of like they don't even so realize. Should they get it right two and three then? Well, at, they don't know the Pentagon's gonna like get over. So like everyone right. who watches season one because it's all produced in one go. So everyone then watched it on TV and Pentagon was clearly the most over just from the live crowd but also just people reacting to it watching it at home and he wasn't supposed to be the main character and then season two they realize they've realized that because they've yeah. had the feedback from season one and they put that right so there's a, that's almost something going against it as well that it is also you know it's so in the can and then produced and edited like any other tv show <clears throat> they weren't able to react on the fly to some of those things but it's worth sticking with i think we'll at least do season one and we'll probably do season two as well as like a oh, ben, isn't... One type thing isn't that Vampiro Pentagon match, which obviously is fucking boss, but isn't that the story behind it as well? If I'm not mistaken, where it wasn't some, didn't Pentagon have this teacher that was like a voice he was hearing, but it ended up being Vampiro who actually had the match with him. So I fucking is. love all that. Yeah, I fucking love it, lad. We've got to talk about Vampiro because he's fucking, <laughs> yeah. he's so like. <laughs> I know JP loved it. Like Matt Strike is horrendous. Like he almost like was part of this. <laughs> You've match. always hated him, but we put there's a point where like I think Dante Fox fights back and he's like shades of Hulk Hogan in the eighties. Like, yeah. No, Hogan esque. Hogan esque. It's like shut up. Even Vampiro's like it's nothing like that, brother. And he just changes the subject he does that a few yeah. times in this even the ending call where Matt Striker's like the war might be over but the battle still rages on it's like no, you got that the wrong way around you fucking dickhead and also the point <laughs> is the war is over it's finished they're yes, not gonna fight again it it's done <laughs> like idiot spoiler alert I'm hassling neither of them went anywhere near a boot camp. <laughs> they might well have done some fucking and some there he is up, I don't not made him see him more boys. Oh, there Probably. he is, Ian. But there he is, there he is, Ian. Always <laughs> get to mention when he's here. Yeah. Pride and place, there he I love him. Love him. Oh, love him. Still wrestling this year, mate. He's on Team Canada in uh, in AAA is the he? coming tournament, yeah. Fuck <laughs> he's teaming with Josh Alexander and uh, I can't remember who the other one is. Like he made like a Team Canada for the World Cup and Vampiro's on it. Brilliant. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, brilliant. Well, this has been cathartic. We've enjoyed that. Two couple of five star matches in the mix as well, mm. lads. What a yes. good run this. Like, this was the original mixtape idea, isn't it? I think we're gonna have to do this yeah. again. I think this this upcoming dealer's choice one's gonna be a lot of fun, but I think we're gonna have to revisit this concept because I'm sure we've all got uh, other matches we can throw in. I want to do this oh, once yeah. a month now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, 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 wait. I, I, I need it... to redeem myself as well, don't I, boys? I'm sorry about that one. <laughs> no, because even as, as much criticism as Edge versus Randy Orton got, it wasn't the mania match, mate. You can throw. Yeah, there you go. Up, yeah, we can have. We can all end this on a all positive. There we go, boys. Yeah, and it was like you're watching matches, whether there's historical significance and all the other kind of just seeing how different areas produced wrestling, and it's fascinating, and it's a way of like kind of diving into it. But yeah, and there wasn't like two forty-five minute jobs. That was being chucked in there. I think we all respect each other enough, probably now, not to put them in. But I was like, I never want to see that again. Punkin Hero, no. 90 minutes. I'll choose that one next oh, time. <laughs> I've never seen I, I think Gary's put that on for me once, right? And I got about like 20 minutes in, and I was like, there's another 70 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> 
not even good. I'm sorry. I know. And I'll lose. I'll lose. I lose indie points here, but I never like those matches. But I always liked Hero. Any always liked that, but I didn't like the match. All no, right. I didn't. So okay, yeah. It's just very raw. And like punk <coughs> the executions all raw. They were. They were probably. They were good for the time. You know, people. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. cool selling points. Oh, we can sell these DVDs because this this match went 90 minutes. But yeah, they were uh, they were much yeah. better wrestlers later on. Um, right. But brilliant. Yeah. Very much in, uh, enjoyed that, lads. Yeah. Look forward to the next one. Great stuff. Uh, it again. big time. It. it was it was just cool. I, I, like again, just how many years we covered, how many different promotions we covered, just like eras, just just brill. Like even there with say something like the Edge Randy Orton thing that wasn't like your cup of tea, but it's just it's just I don't know. You watch a bit. It's having an opi- it's having an opinion on and like it, you know you know and, and you know that Matt is you know that you know Matty likes it for like whatever and he gives you a backstory on on it and things. It's just good. It's interesting, like as as well. Everything doesn't have to be a five star match, does it? We do need to do these more after though, Benno. It is interesting. Definitely, just do it. Right. Maybe we set something in. Maybe every other month or something. I have. Uh, you can ed- I call it educating Benno. I'm a big Rollerball Rocco, but fan now. So if we ever come out of this, love me well the sport. Never said a bad word about it. I like. It. Does this mean I can start fitting in some all Japan stuff for Matty? I'll do. A, I'll do a short oh, match yeah. on the side full of bollocks, but like. <laughs> Uh, well, get fairness and the fun in there JP and I'm all over it <laughs> I'm, you know where I'm going to I've wanted to get Ray Ray trailer yeah, Ray all Trailer. over all Japan <laughs> we'll do that well folks uh, yeah if you're, uh, if you're listening to this uh, through there and you've uh, got any thoughts throw us some comments on Twitter or if you're watching on the, the YouTube uh, send us some comments there what you thought of the, these matches or on the Patreon this will be uh, publicly on there wherever you, uh, you listened or watch this but yeah I think that's it JP and then else to say Iokwe, Iokwe com, Marshallese. I've never <laughs> said that one before. Also known as Ibon. 44,000 people there and they've got a language. I don't want to say arrogance, but like, I think you you could have used another one. Anyway, <laughs> bye-bye. Patreon.com slash grapple. See you, Rob. <laughs> See ya. Hey! MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.